Man, is it that time already? Kick it! Whoa, it's the Greg Russell Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this light go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. Good morning, GTA. Slacker Nation congregates here on TSN 1050 every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. This is Canada's largest automotive radio show that's not about cars. This is Greg Carrasco here with my friend Ken Staple on TSN 1050. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Doing well, Greg. Thank you for asking. Busy week for me. I think I had mentioned last week off the air that mm-hmm. I was starting a new job at a brewery in the East End called Radical Road Brewery. So today was the first week that, or this was the first week that I was really starting full time there. Everything seems to be going well. Yeah, it's a good little spot. Quiet. Uh, definitely a lot more calm than I'm used to. Uh, with working right downtown in a restaurant right next to Scotiabank Arena. So obviously that was a little bit more hectic. So I'm enjoying the slower pace of a local family-owned spot. You know, slower pace is something that is not good in the car industry. We like fast pace. (laughs) Yeah, you need need the fast pace. And I I would contend that also in restaurants, usually you want to be a little bit faster, buzzing around. It makes the shift go by a little bit more quickly. And obviously, the more sales you make, the more money that you're going to make. But in this circumstance, I feel very privileged as I know a number of people in the industry, a number of my friends in the industry are having difficulty finding employment anywhere just because of the restaurant industry being among the hardest hit by the circumstances surrounding the coronavirus. So I feel lucky to be gainfully employed. And for now, the change of pace, I'm enjoying it. Just uh, relaxing a little bit and not being stressed out has uh, been good for my overall mental health. That's good, man. I, um, the only thing that I hope is that um, everyone in general takes you know personal accountability for our little part into keeping the city safe because the the news keep coming back that we're going to go back to stage two and believe me folks we don't want that that's not a good thing if you if you thought the economy is going to get crippled by what happened over the last six months just watch if we go back to stage two it's going to be an, an absolute disaster but uh, you know i don't i don't want to be talking about the doom and gloom of the <laughs> of covid this early in the morning on a saturday you know yeah, it's, yeah, it's well, beautiful outside here. yeah so we we are going to share a couple of things don't forget that this show is brought to you by oakville nissan and oakville infinity these are the two first combination nissan infinity stores in the country with no commission salespeople. and uh, what we are doing to instigate you know, because that's what we do. We instigate traffic. I want you to pay attention, folks. So ask yourself the following question. Do you remember last time you got an oil change done? And if you do not remember last time you did it, 
it's time for you to make it down. But here's what's happening at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, Ken. This is just going to blow your mind away. In fact, people are already complaining about what I'm doing. So I'm going to send this out. I'm going to send the bad signal out into the world. Folks, until the end of the month, you can get an oil change and a multi-point inspection for $19 at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. What? 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 Less, less than $20? <laughs> <laughs> this is a straight up oil change, folks. If you are listening to my voice right now, uh, I am the vice president of operations at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And until the end of the month, we put a special on because the reality is this, that we have one of the most sophisticated service facilities on the planet. And uh, unfortunately, dealerships are not well known for doing service. I mean, and this all stemmed from something that I saw last weekend. I was, uh, I was going to my local Starbucks and um, there was a big Canadian tire here around the corner, and uh, I saw a lineup of, there was a Mercedes, there was a Land Rover, there was a, uh, there was a couple of Hondas and Toyotas going for service at the local Canadian tire, and I'm thinking, man, you're driving a Mercedes and you're going to Canadian tire for service, you're reaching, man. <laughs> you know you're reaching. So if, I, if, if I'm competing with the local service um, centers within the, the community, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just put my, uh, my foot down and say, listen, we have two of the most sophisticated service facilities in the country, and I want you to come and test it out. So for $19, you can get an oil change at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. There is only one condition that you need to book the appointment ahead of time because I put this on social media last weekend, and the phone just blew up. So there are, you know, there's only so many hours in a day that I can do this, and there, I only have so many texts and apprentices that I can have changing your oil. So you need to call, and you need to book an appointment, go to oakvillenissan.com or go to oakvilleinfinity.com and book your oil change. So this comes included with a 21-point multi-point inspection complimentary, and uh, we will look after you. You will see the difference between a car dealership, a brand car dealership servicing your vehicle and the local service center. We, uh, we've taken all the precautions. Uh, every single vehicle, every person gets tested. Every person gets, um, the temperature gets checked. We have um, social tracing at the store. So we, 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 have, we are mitigating all the issues that may come with a lot of people in one place. So we don't have that. Um, on top of this, until the end of the month, Ken, we have 0% financing up to 84 months on all remaining 2020 rogues. There aren't very many left, and that is a crazy, crazy offer. You don't have to pay interest at all on any 2020 rogues for the remaining of the month. On top of that, we have kicks. Remember, I was talking about this last week, Ken, the, uh, the least expensive compact utility vehicle in Canada, the Nissan Kicks. You can get it right now with nothing down for $52 a week plus tax with $0 down. You also get snow tires and winter mats included on the purchase. The only condition is got to be in stock. So this is only folks at Oakville Nissan. Now in Oakville Infinity, right now you can get the beautiful, the absolutely handsome, stunning looks of the QX50. Are you listening to this, Ken? I'm listening. QX50, $499 a week plus tax with only $34.50 down on a 27-month lease. That is a better payment than the RDX, than the Audi Q5, and the Lexus NX. If you haven't driven the QX50 yet, and you're looking at all the vehicles that I just mentioned to you, the Acura RDX, the um, Audi Q5, the Lexus NX, even if you're looking at the BMW X3, or oh, what else is in that segment? 
I can think of I can't think of another one. But if you're looking at any one of those vehicles right now, the QX50 is probably the best kept secret in the midsize luxury SUV in Canada. Now you said so four get... ninety nine a month, correct? I think you yeah, before, I think before you might have said a week because it was the Nissan okay, no, Kicks no, 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 that no, no, was no. the no. the weekly lease, whereas the QX50 is the monthly lease. Four ninety nine a month plus tax. With thirty-four fifty down on a twenty-seven month lease, that's the Infinity QX fifty come in. There aren't very many of them left, and uh, we will look after you. You have to remember this, folks, that if you are if you're choosing to pay commission whenever you buy a vehicle, you are leaving money on the table, and that is a discretionary choice that you're making um, by going and paying more money than you should. So at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, we do not pay commission on our vehicles. We have everyone that works in my sales department is a salary employee, and they don't get paid more for selling you something that's more expensive. So they have only one goal, which is to find whatever vehicle suits your needs the best. And once they find that, then we give you some different scenarios. Uh, you know, if you were related to me, this is what we would do. Boom, boom, boom. You get three or four different choices and then you get to pick. So on that basis, we can almost guarantee you that the number one goal that everyone that works for my sales department at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity has only one purpose, which is to look out for you. Now, they don't get paid any less if they give you a discount. They don't get paid any less if they sell you a cheaper vehicle. So, And that's the beauty. They also don't get paid any more if they sell you something that you shouldn't be buying. So the idea behind it is to remove the adversarial aspect of the transactional side of the car industry. So now no one is fighting with anyone. You don't have to go back and say, you know, you know give me your best price. No, no, no. On our used cars, we are a one-price store. We give you the best price right up front. And I can tell you, folks, the people are coming from all over Ontario to remove the BS out of the used car buying experience. And Ken is going to have some really interesting questions a little bit later on in the show when it comes to buying vehicles privately or buying vehicles, used vehicles from places that are not up to par. And uh, I think that there is, there, there is some ambiguity. I think that there is some... Um, there is a lot of ignorance when it comes to the exposure that you may have when you are buying a vehicle privately. And we're going to try to shed some light onto this. Uh, something else that I wanted to share with you, and we have a really uh, cool guest on the other side of the break. We're going to have Sergeant Kerry Schmidt from the OPP. This guy is all over the media. He is a social media rock star. But also, he's going to come and talk to us about criminal activities in car dealerships and what to do in case of an emergency. Um, I can tell you that uh, Oakville Infinity uh, was the target of a part of a theft ring that has been taking place for the last few days in Georgetown and Oakville. And uh, we made the news, uh, you know, we, we got targeted and it was pretty scary. Um, initially, when, when we get the news, you, you try to go back and assess what is it that we did wrong, what we could have done differently, and so on and so on. But when, when the shock goes away, and then you come back to reality and you understand how scary the situation actually was, um, then it's inevitable. You will go back and reassess the way that you look at people. So 
Sergeant Kerry Schmidt from the OPP is going to be here on the other side of the break, and uh, we're going to tell you exactly what happened at the dealership this week and uh, how exposed and vulnerable sometimes we are and we don't even know. So, folks, let, let's take a small break right now. This is the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050 with my friend Ken Stapon, and uh, the lines are 416-870-1050, and if you're calling from out of town, it's one 855 You are listening to... The Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show that's not about cars. We talk about everything, anything, everything. You have a question, suggestion, concerns, issue, grievance, a beef with life, call us. We'll talk to you. This morning, we'll have Sergeant Kerry Schmidt from the OPP talking to us about common sense in the, in the face of danger. We also have Money Mike coming on the other side of the hour talking to us about this crazy thing that I heard yesterday, Ken. I heard that if for one of those reasons, you whether you need it or not, you decided to take a, a mortgage payment break and you deferred your mortgage payment, that apparently, apparently you just wrecked your credit. And um, you may be, you may have walked away from the possibility of you actually getting, being able to get approved when you renew your mortgage. So, you know, your credit score has definitely dropped if you defer your payments. I have seen it. And um, Money Mike is going to shed some light into that. We have somebody from a mortgage company that texted me on, um, sent me a message on, on Instagram that apparently uh, is going to try to shed some light into this to, to confirm or deny those allegations. But let's get back to reality. Let's get back to the sitting duck theory. <laughs> um what do you think about that, Ken? It's crazy stuff that's happening in Oakville. Yeah, it's like a crazy story, man. I mean, we'll obviously get into more of the details in this segment here, but I was surprised to hear that, that sort of, those sorts of schemes are still going on. I guess I shouldn't be because everybody's trying to pull the wool over people's eyes and make a quick buck, but it's scary for the people involved. It's scary for the employees of your dealership, for you as the person who's responsible primarily for the safety of your employees. You obviously want to put them in an environment where they feel comfortable. And when this sort of situation happens, it obviously makes you question all the policies that you have in place and whether you did everything correctly to vet the person who was coming into the dealership to make sure that you were putting everybody in a position where they felt comfortable. In your case, I think that you had done that correctly, but it just turned out that they had the whole thing planned out to a T to a point where there was nothing that you could have done to avoid it. Well, not really. And this the scary part is that we're not listening to our own intuition. So I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of what uh, the uh, the news report was. This is from the Oakville News um, this past um, September 16th. The Halton Regional Police is asking the public's help in identifying a suspect. The pictures are all online. Um, the police are investigating four similar th uh, style thefts with the same suspect involved. The first theft took place on September the 8th, 2020, and most recent, a bunch of them took place in Oakville. Three of the thefts have taken place in Oakville and one in Georgetown. So this is what happens. Typically, the suspect will visit a dealership and state that he would like to purchase a vehicle and request a test drive. Now, due to COVID-19 policies, on three occasions, the suspect have been allowed to test drive the vehicle alone. Uh, now, I'm just saying this, that you, know, you are virtually given the keys <laughs> of your inventory to someone that is never returning with it. You, that, you understand this? This that, is just insane. Right? That's an interesting wrinkle because of the new standards put in place. Normally, the dealerships would almost always have somebody riding with the person in the car. But 
we are required by the insurance. Now, you know, let me just continue reading with this and I'll explain what we did. So on one occasion, when the suspects were accompanied on a test drive by an employee, which is us, a secondary vehicle became involved uh, and a police believed that there was a collision that intentionally initiated. Once the employee, you know, exited the vehicle to inspect the damage, both vehicles fled the scene. Investigation has shown that the, the phone number and identification provided to the dealership to be fraudulent and all the dealerships targeted sold use Mercedes vehicles. So Mercedes are uh, seems to be the vehicles that these people are taking. Now the suspect is described as male, brown skin, approximately 5'10", 160 pounds with a thin built, short black hair. Um, they're describing you, Ken. Um, <laughs> been I wearing. have an alibi. I have an alibi <laughs> for that time frame. Anyone with information is asked to contact Detective Omar Nadim, uh, the Second District and the Criminal Investigation Bureau, and uh, their number is 905-825-4747, extension 2278. But um, what I can tell you is this, that um, the person sent in a lead. Uh, we got... Uh, um, a phone lead. We talked to the customer. The customer showed up. Uh, we never saw him coming in in a car, so the customer was dropped off. So when we asked uh, whether he was going to be trading the vehicle in or not, he says, no, 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 I was just dropped off by my cousin. So, all right, that was a little bit suspect. Um, in the process, we asked several questions. We sat down with, with, the, uh, uh, with the assailant, and uh, uh, now cameras have been installed at the dealership, so we, we, don't, we didn't have cameras at the time. So the salesperson felt there was something a little bit odd about this human but um you know he decided to just proceed with the, with with the process and uh you know go with the flow and see what happened now because of covid he was sitting in the back seat so he was not sitting beside him um they went on a test drive and around the corner from the dealership at a stop sign they got rear-ended by another vehicle at this point the my salesperson stepped out of the vehicle closed the door to inspect what had happened to the car and uh, the moment he got out of the vehicle both cars just took off uh, the vehicle that um, hit our vehicle um, had the license plates all blacked out and uh, there were black tinted windows we couldn't see a single thing and what i can tell you is this that we are super super happy that nothing happened to a sales guy he was shook do yeah. we have Carrie on the line? Yes, we do. Carrie, good morning. How are you doing? Well, you know, it's, it's been it's been an interesting week, man. I, um, you know, especially in Oakville, I think that we uh, it's such a safe and awesome city that we become sure. complacent and soft. What do you think? Well, hey, you know, we we're we're a community. We we uh, have we need to have these relationships, and we want to trust. We want to look at the good in society, and unfortunately. When people take advantage of our good nature, our goodwill, our hospitality, and just our, our courtesy, professionalism, you know, there are always bad apples in the, the basket. And sadly, people are taking advantage of that. And it's complete, unbelievably upsetting for me to even hear that story about how uh, these uh, criminals are coming in and manipulating a system that is there to uh, provide great customer service. Well, look at it this way. I mean, this was, um, it was a, a Mercedes, 2018 Mercedes GLE. It's a $55,000 piece of inventory. Yeah. You know, traditionally we would, because of COVID, we, we try not to go on test drives with people because we don't want to be in enclosed spaces with strangers. And the reality is that we don't know anything, right? right. And uh, in, in, in an attempt to make it safer for the consumer and still protect our, our people, we, we normally don't go on test drives. So, you know, my salesperson felt 
odd enough to go with this person on the test drive. Now, in mm. retrospect, you were telling me yesterday when I talked to you, Carrie, that we shouldn't be heroes on this. We shouldn't right. be. Talk to no. me about that. So, first of all, like you're involved in a collision. There's a duty and a mandate, an obligation for the drivers to uh, get out and, and exchange information and understand what's going on. We don't want people putting themselves in jeopardy, particularly on busy highways, but you pull off to the side, you get out, and you talk to the driver, and, and you call police and call your insurance company. In a normal situation, that's what happens. Uh, but when we deal with stage collisions, and this is not just stage collisions for insurance purposes, because there's a huge uh, issue around people uh, claiming minor injuries and then com- claiming major injuries, going mm-hmm. for therapies and going for assessments and, and doctors and, and all kinds of other benefits. You know, that's another whole issue that the insurance industry is dealing with. But now we're dealing with plain uh, fraud and, and theft. Now, uh-huh. again, I, you know, you can armchair quarterback everything you did, and, and you know, your salesperson had those spidey senses on them. And, and yeah, you're giving a complete stranger a brand-new car to test drive. And, you know, good on him for going out and, you know, accompanying him, not expecting anything else to happen. But there's been tragedies on test drives as well. And, and we only have to think back a few years to uh, Hamilton, Stony Creek, when uh, a private seller was selling their Dodge pickup. Um, you know, I don't. I was talking to Ken a little bit before you, uh, you know, we, before we came on air. And uh, Ken hadn't heard about this. Can you narrate to the public what happened there? Because this was a big news. And uh, I don't know how this just suddenly went away. Sorry, which one? The uh, What happened in Stony Creek with the, well, uh, the yeah. gentleman selling the, uh, the vehicle privately? Well, again, I'm not part of that investigation. I don't know a yeah. lot about it. But from what I've heard of the news, very similar, really, to what you have here. You're selling a car. Someone comes to the to your, your home or your business, and they want to test drive the car. And uh, the drive, the owner goes with the uh, pr- prospective customers and goes for a test drive, and um, in this situation, never returns. Now, your salesperson returned, and, and which is good. We have an eyewitness. Uh, you know, I guess I was thinking about that as well. Like, you know, as much as you're giving your car to this customer, maybe one bit of advice, I don't know if you could do this, because everything is key fab auto start, yep. keep that key fab in your pocket. If you get out of that car, the key fab goes with you. And, yes, um, but you know, you know, let me tell you something, Kerry. We did. So we had really? the key. W- yeah, we have the key with us. The thing is this: that the vehicle will continue to drive even yeah. with the key not being in the cars until it stops. But once until it stops, stop. yeah, it won't start yeah. again. So oh, okay. you know. So we, we did that. The, the interesting thing is that and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, Carrie, is because, you know, from, you know st- strictly from a policing standpoint, what do you think that are some of the additional precautions that we could take at a dealership level in order to protect ourselves from almost the unprotectable? Because it's, it's, well, it's virtually impossible to know what a criminal looks like here in Canada. Yeah. Well, and I know years ago I've, I've gone on, on – test drives and gone to try someone else's uh, equipment or material or buying something and, and you need to take it and you have to put up collateral. Like, so I don't know what kind of collateral. Now the guy comes in without a vehicle. Well, that's a big red flag right there. And, you know, in terms of what kind of information, you know, you're not going to take an imprint of a, of a credit card, I don't think for uh, for a deposit. And uh, because that's just 
I, I don't know. I don't know what you can do in terms of protecting yourself. You know, this is the way we uh, we've done business for many years. I, I I don't know what else you can do, but short of not getting yourself into a confrontation, into an argument, or into a, a volatile situation that could end tragically. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm just so thankful that your uh, salesperson is back safe and sound. You know, I don't know if he was able to get, you know, you get some pictures and some uh, mug, not mug shots, but you get photo ID of the, of the customers in the business as they're heading to the vehicles. You have surveillance, but it is a very scary thing. And you know, one of the things that we're trying to implement, Kerry, is that, uh, you know, two ID confirmation, we will need two pieces of ID. Uh, yeah. Often people that are, uh, you know, forging, um, you know, pieces of identification, they will have one. They never have two. So we will ask for a credit card as well as a driver license. The problem is this, Kerry, that you see, you know, Oakville is a relatively safe place. And, uh, you know, the the Oakvilleites, the Oakvillians, <laughs> when, whenever you start asking too many questions, the backup goes up in a hurry. It's like, yeah, why do you yeah, need yeah. all, do you, all this? What do you want on this for? Uh, precisely. And, uh, you know, try to explain to them that we we were just victim of a, a theft of, you know, of a... Of a you know, of a ring of, of assaults, you know, within the area that, you know, cars are being stolen. A lot of people don't, um, you know, don't understand the ramifications of us giving somebody a 30, 40, 50, hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment for them to drive without yeah. any collateral whatsoever. That's a lot of money to give to somebody. Yeah. Well, I think if you explain that and you have that information in your dealership saying, you know, due to circumstances far beyond our control, we have to insta- instigate a new protocols. And listen, our COVID protocols, have changed and people accept that. And if you change your protocols and you can you can rationalize and, and justify, you know, this is why we're doing it. It's not to you know inconvenience you, but it's to protect us and uh, you know just to give us some assurances of what's going on. We live in a different world, and our world is changing, and and people are buying you know massive things sight unseen, and and yet you can go to a dealership and, and pick up a hundred thousand dollar car and you know drive around the block completely on your own and you know it's interesting you know some vehicles obviously have uh, vehicle trackers on them and yeah some and vehicles maybe, do what's that some vehicles do but not you see a, a lot of again this is something that we discuss on the radio show all the time a lot of people sacrifice what they want most for what they want right now and what they want right now is to save you know one or two dollars on the monthly payment there are yeah. so many different systems available for the consumer to track their vehicles to to make sure that the vehicle doesn't get stolen to make sure that uh, they can recover the car but you know we just sit back and say ah you know don't worry about it you know that will that will not happen to me yeah and, and this is something go ahead yeah, you never know when it's going to happen. Now, you can buy uh, relatively inexpensive GPS spot trackers, like hikers use them, uh, people in aviation use them. They're, they're, you just you throw them in the car. So when the, when the salesperson goes back to get the car, to get the keys, to get the dealer plates, and to get the paperwork, well, throw mm-hmm. the spot tracker in the back of the truck there as well, and um, no one knows it's there, and you grab it out in the spare tire, and at least you have some tracking of the, of the, of the vehicle. Of the vehicle. Uh, yeah, so that's something maybe in addition to other uh, onboard vehicle tracking systems that are available on some manufacturers. Uh, but you can you can buy this yourself, and um, you know dash cams and so on have have trackers uh, on them, and, and that might be something you want to consider. You buy a few of them, you know, you only have a few cars out at any given time at the moment, and that can be part of the process. You you throw it in the car when you throw in the light the dealer plate. 
That's, that's a very interesting suggestion, Kerry, and I will most definitely look into that. Now, a question for you here. Let's say that I'm a regular consumer or I am a salesperson and I'm going on a test drive with someone. Uh, I'm yeah. in the middle of a test drive and somebody pulls out an eye for me and I'm in the car. What do I do? Oh, my God. You know what? It's your personal safety. In not, a vehicle is not worth a life, and people have had their lives taken from them uh, because they've gotten involved. Um, you know, this, if this is a, a robbery, an assault, this is, this is an absolutely life-threatening condition. You know, I, I don't want anyone putting themselves in harm's way. You know, if they pull, an, if they pull a weapon on you and they make demands on you, you know, I'm sorry, try to, you know, get as much information, take a good look, try to understand, understand where you are, what's going on. You know, when you go on test drives, so you're, you're always, do you have an established route where your test drive takes you or do you let them just cruise around like well you know, no, no one... we have a we have a standardized process so you know every every dealership that i've ever run they we we have an actual booklet it's a it's a sales booklet that tells us what to do when to do how to do it where to go there is a long test drive there is a short test drive we always know the route but yeah. those were the days in which we had to go with the customer but now with covid we say look here are the keys we have the information be safe we'll see you back and traditionally we have a vehicle at the store and for yeah. which we have the keys and we have the ownership, so that's not an issue. But right. you know, from time to time, Kerry, you know, people will show up at the store dropped off on a rental because yeah. either their car uh, was totaled and uh, they don't have any means to get to the dealership and so on, or it's their first car. So it's not as uncommon as it may seem. Yeah. But in this case, there was almost no way that we could have known that this person was not who they were claiming to be. Of, and, of course you know, not. And, and it's, it's terrifying, Carrie, to know that somebody was in the car with one of my salespeople that was, in fact, an actual criminal, a dangerous yeah. person. And, yeah. you know, do you find that, you know, Canadians, by and large, because it's such a safe country that we don't, we don't listen to our intuitions? <laughs> Do you know, because, hey, we've all been, uh, I'm sure, a victim of fraud. Someone's duped us. Someone's scammed us. Hey, listen, I've been scammed. I've been duped. I've, I've, I've handed over money that I shouldn't have handed over. I, I've agreed to something that I probably shouldn't have agreed to. And, um, yeah, we want to look at the better, the, the you know, the society, the good, the good in everyone. And, uh, you know, that's the, the, the sad, unfortunate the world that we live in, that not everyone esteems to be uh, that good, upstanding citizen that is trying to do the best for society. And I I wish we had a different protocol. Like, it's not that you're going to start having, you know, a loss prevention officer running in an unmarked uh, vehicle behind your test drive to follow them around. Like, maybe that's where you need to go. Every test drive involves two vehicles and you have another person following. But good grief, that's that's a huge... uh, uh, burden on the dealership and and again i wouldn't want to be followed around because hey you want to test drive the vehicle you want to feel how it how it looks you don't want to always have this car following behind you as well so you know you one know. one one of the suggestions sorry to interrupt you one of the yeah. as you're speaking right now one of the things that i just thought of is that in the age of social media why not take a, a picture of the person that you're going on a test drive 100 percent of the time Sure. Yeah. And get a good shot because that's, that's who they are. You know, we always take a nice picture of someone when they get the keys and like, here's, here's the happy new customer of, of, yep. uh, 
this brand new vehicle. Well, hey, here's your opportunity. Let's let's put your test drive on Facebook or Twitter and, and show off that, and that can be your promotional. Hey, you know, John John Doe is is taking this uh, new GL for a test drive. Uh, congratulations! But again, people won't want to be on social media, but maybe taking a photograph uh, is is something that you need to change protocols. That, you know, if they don't want to give us a credit card when they're going on a test drive, maybe we can take a picture on file. Uh, so this way we can protect ourselves. And I, I you know, this is, it's, it's a great idea. I and mean, you know, it's amazing what happens when you start a conversation, you know, <laughs> ideas come up on the, on the fly. And I, I think it's a great, it's a great solution to the problem. Because if you have a criminal, I can guarantee you a hundred percent of the time, they will not allow you to take a picture with them. Will they? Probably not. Uh, probably not. They're probably not wearing the skies, but you know, there's so many things. Track the vehicle, understand who the client is, and, and um, you know, don't you know? Again, getting out of the car. If you're involved in a crash, you know, you have to get out and, and you know talk to the drivers and so on. And you know, I, I don't know. And it's interesting that you have the key fob as well. So you know, the vehicle uh, drove until it got to wherever it's going, and if there's some scam artists there that are figuring out a way to uh, reprogram a key. I don't know what what they're going to do with the dead car because it's it's not going to start again. Uh, what I understand is that uh, they th- this revinning is something that is, uh, is 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 come back to life. You know, back in the nineties, uh, yeah. cars were used to be stolen, and then the the VIN numbers would be filed off and and replaced with new VINs for vehicles that have been involved in write off collisions, yeah. and uh, there was no way for you to identify it or to know which one was a real car. Apparently, this is something that's coming back. But everybody that's listening to the Carrasco show, this is Sergeant Kerry Schmidt from the OPP. Kerry, thank you. So so much, man, for taking the time to call the Carrasco Show, and you are welcome here. If you ever need to communicate anything to the community, uh, you have the phone number, you have my number, you just need to reach out, and we will help you out. And if you want to follow Kerry in social media, you find him at, what is your handle on social media, Kerry? Well, I'm on the OPP, so you can follow us on OPP underscore news. Uh, I used to do some stuff on on the Highway Safety Division account. I've actually, my job has transitioned a little bit, but uh, follow the entrepreneur. Ontario Provincial Police uh, underscore news. That's where I'm hanging out right now. And uh, lots going on, but there's traffic issues and there's uh, all kinds of uh, you know, places where you can uh, you can hear us and see us and find us. And if you have problems, you know, call 911 immediately if you're uh, in a situation where you need emergencies. And, uh, you know, happy to connect with you at any time and really appreciate it. Please be careful out there. It's a beautiful day for a cruise or a drive. The colors are going to be turning very soon. Uh, just uh, be careful out there. Share the road and you know, be kind to one another. Let's try, Kerry. Thank you so much for joining the Carrasco Show, man. Have an awesome weekend. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's Sergeant Kerry Schmidt from the OPP. He's famous. He's actually an important dude that called the show. Ken, what do you think, man? This is, this is insane. It is insane. Now, yeah. if, if you, we are constantly taking selfies and pictures of everything. I don't care about your cat. You should care about my dog, though. Marcus is handsome. <laughs> Marcus the handsome. Yeah, we, we're uh, big fans of the dog people on this show. <laughs> I thought that, that was interesting what Carrie had to say a number of points. Um, first and foremost, there is an opportunity for people to take advantage of the goodwill that businesses are putting forward to help deal with the circumstances at hand. And it's unfortunate that that's the case. But anytime there's ever an adjustment in the way that places do business, there's always people who are going to try to make a quick dollar, whether it be legally or, in this case, extremely illegally, based off of the change in policy. And this is exactly what's happening in the car dealerships in Oakville at the moment. Well, look at it. I mean, 
back in the day, if you showed up at the bank wearing a mask, <laughs> we would call 911. Now you can't see anybody's now face. Now they won't let you into the bank unless you're I know, a without mask. a mask. Now you know they're calling 911 <laughs> if you're wearing a mask in the bank, if you're not wearing a mask in the bank. That's bizarre. You think if somebody told you last year, last January, that if you would not be allowed to go to a bank if you were not covering your face, and if you... Would never be allowed. If you, if you didn't have a mask on, you would never be allowed to walk into a bank. You would say, Greg... You're local, man. You're local. <laughs> but no, our, our reality is completely different. And, and I can tell you is that sales have become so much more difficult yeah. uh, today with our inability to see facial expressions. You, you know, when you're having a connection with someone, and you know, this is something that, that I have a big beef with social media and smartphones, Ken, that it's so easy to be insulting or to say something mean to someone without having to pay the price of seeing of what we do to these people. You see, you send a text, an, an, an evil, hurt, you know, hurtful text. You have no idea what you've done to that person on the other side. No, it's just you're looking into the black mirror. That's the same thing oftentimes in the dating realm of the younger generations where they use the apps, whether it's Tinder or Hinge or Bumble, whatever it may be. They don't, you don't see the other person as a real person. All you do is see them as a swipe left or a swipe right. And then you have these quick conversations where it's more or less all superficial. And you don't really consider that what you're saying is having an effect on the person on the other side. So that's for sure one of the caveats of the way that our social interaction has evolved, particularly in the online world. That stuff stresses me out, Ken. You know, the, the, swipe the, left, the dating swipe, app, swipe left, yeah, swipe right? It, yeah, it stresses me out. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not it, ideal. Well, you know, but it's, it's a common thing. And, uh, you know, it's just because it's common, it doesn't make it normal. Well, it just and gives I you think, the ego boost, I think, right? Like when you what, go on and you get the ego boost because X amount of people like to or swiped left, like you get the match, and that makes you feel good because you're like, oh, well, this person must find me attractive if they match with me on this app. And then... In all likelihood, you're never going to end up talking, having a real conversation with this person or seeing this person ever in your life unless you happen to walk by them in Young Station. Well, look at it this way. I, uh, I have to say this. I am so, so lucky that I have never had those apps on my phone. I have never needed to. I can actually, I, I, I prefer talking to people. And, uh, but I, I couldn't possibly imagine what it's like to be in the world today uh, in your teens or early 20s. Uh, why are you laughing? We were just laughing because uh, you said if you had the dating app, you probably have the credit score in the bio. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as the leading line. Uh, yeah, Mike. I, actually, we, we're going to be talking about credit score. <laughs> yeah, it's a, good, it's a good, good segue, actually, for <laughs> when we bring in Mike about talking about whether the mortgage payments or deferring the mortgage payments affect your credit score. No, it's a, well, you're, you're very privileged, though, to have not been roped into that generation. I feel like inherently being a younger person, I have had some experience with those apps, and it's never really ended up being a positive. In fact, I would contend that the interaction that I have had when I do use those apps ultimately ends up leaving me less fulfilled and feeling worse about myself than when I logged on in the first place. I'd rather just be alone than have some of these faceless, nameless, 
quite frankly, soulless interactions that people have on these platforms. Dude, you you know you you keep talking. You're stressing me out. You're, stress, <laughs> you're stressing me out. Uh, let's let's take a small break here. This is the Carrasco show. We're supposed to be talking about cars, but this is not about cars. This is TSN 1050. Greg Carrasco with Ken Stapon. Uh, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. is how long the show goes. And if you want to call the show, it's 416-870-1050. If you want to put your two cents, call us. We're right here. Let's take a small break. You're listening to. The Greg Carrasco Show with Ken Stapon on TSN 1050, Canada's largest automotive radio show. This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. I just dropped my phone. I was wondering what that noise was. I wasn't sure if it was Mike in the background or if it was... No, 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 uh, no, all was, I heard was, was a big clunk, something drop. Just your phone. phone, yeah. You know, I have this... <laughs> Uh, Money Mike is, is here, and he is. Um, I'm glad that this is not a TV show. What he did, did is uh, obscene. But anyways, the um, uh, what I can tell you is that you know the, the show is supposed to be talking to you about cars, but uh, the reality is that we open up the conversation for whatever you really want to talk about. And uh, I was saying right before I got completely sidetracked for dropping my phone that uh, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And until the end of the month, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, we are given an oil change for $19, folks. Listen to this. $19 oil change. This is not a joke. This is not, you know, there is there, there are no strings attached. You call us or you book an appointment online and you can go down to Oakville Nissan or Oakville Infinity and book an oil change. You have to do that. You can't just show up. If you show up, I'll turn you away. There are some COVID standards that we need to comply. There are some regulations that I need to obey. And also there is a limited amount of spaces that I have to be able to take on all these oil changes. So if you call us and book your appointment at oakvillenissan.com or oakvilleinfinity.com, you can literally get your oil change for $19 plus tax. That is it. You will also get a complimentary 21-point inspection or multi-point inspection uh, on your vehicle just to let you know what's up so you know what to do. And um, I can tell you that that right there is the least expensive oil change in Ontario. I challenge anyone to show me anywhere in the entire province of Ontario that you can get an oil change for less than $19. Is that a crazy deal, Ken, or what? It's not going to happen. <laughs> Nobody's changing oil for less than 20 bucks. Well, like, you know, that's, people... It's an insane deal. And then to throw in the inspection as well, because a lot of people... You know, are sort of, well, they don't really pay as much attention to the maintenance of their cars or the schedule necessarily. If you don't have, if you don't have a consistent dealer regiment where you're bringing in and they're telling you, oh, right, we're going to bring it in 8,000 miles. We set the computer so it's all set to go. People don't really think about that. So if they aren't thinking about the oil change, then certainly they probably aren't getting the, how many point inspection did you say? Uh, it's a 21-point, it's a so multi-point inspection. So the multi-point inspection isn't even on the radar as well. So you might could be wheeling around with some serious, serious issues in your vehicle, just assuming that everything's fine, based on the fact that you haven't had it up on the lift in a year and a half, two years, or whatever the time frame may be for some of the listeners. So a crazy, crazy deal that you should take advantage of, if not just for the oil change, for the peace of mind of the inspection that also comes in addition to it. Now, do we have the baby crying uh, sound effect? Because I, I, need, I need to share something with you folks. Uh, I know that we're gonna find it in two seconds, and I can tell you that people are already complaining about our night. <laughs> 
that's our competition right there complaining about a $19 oil change. You know, I hadn't even started advertising yet. You know, these people just watch my social media like hawks waiting for me to do something. And then, you know, whenever I do something, they complain. And then when I ask, what have you done? Uh, nothing. So they wait for me to do something for them to complain as opposed to just initiate something. And I don't understand it. This mentality is like, you know, just because you're doing that is affecting me. No, no, we, we, we all run independent enterprises. We all make decisions that will affect our businesses. And on that basis alone, we are still in a free market, people. Enjoy while it lasts. It won't last very long. Whenever the new budget comes out, you'll understand. You'll be working for the government. But until that happens, we are enjoying free markets. So if they keep complaining, Ken, because, they, they, you know, people, our, our competitors have started to complain. If they keep complaining, next month, I'm going to sell that oil change for $9. nine ninety nine. No, nine dollars. No. Never mind the ninety-nine cents. Who cares? <laughs> Man, nineteen ninety-nine is a good enough price. Like, I think in the GTA, like what's a good price? It's normally around fifty bucks. Uh, I, I would say to, around. Or, I would like, say about you know fifty-nine or you know even sometimes seventy-nine dollars. Yeah, yeah. On if the you're kind going of... full synthetic as well, which you should be if you value the longevity of your car, it's going to be more expensive than that. So you're basically coming in at a third of the price for what your competitors are doing. So obviously they're going to be upset with that. Why? But, because they can't compete. Well, because they don't want to compete. That's why that's they're the upset. That's yeah, the whole I, idea. I understand that. I'm totally in your corner. And if you're ruffling some feathers and people are getting pissed off, it probably means that you're doing something right. And the customers are obviously going to be showing up at that price point. Because the unless somebody's going to offer an opposing price point that's competitive, why would they have any reason to go to the competitor versus going to your certified dealership? If you are just tuning in on the show, folks, we are discussing the fact that Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity has an oil change right now until the end of the month that you need to call or uh, you know, book an appointment online at Oakville Nissan or OakvilleInfinity.com for $19. And that also comes included with that multi-point inspection that will provide for you a no charge. And that is driving people insane. Uh, actually, th there is a full uh, page out on the Toronto Star that's full circulation. So this is going on the entire province. And uh, we've decided to make a mark. We, uh, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, will become the service center in Oakville. Uh, Oakville is a small little town. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a boutique town. And, uh, you know, the Oakville customer needs to be serviced in a specific way. And we will go out of our way to do this. Um, often you may not even have to wait too much because uh, we have a fleet of vehicles that you can use. We have a fleet of loaners that uh, if you need to go to the mall, if you need to run a couple of errands, we have cars available for you both in Nissan as well as Infinity. And uh, I can tell you, our service center at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity is on point. We know what we're doing. We disinfect every car. Every vehicle is taken care of. We know every single person that has touched that vehicle. Every single member of the staff gets their temperature checked in the morning. We have a sales assessment tool for everyone that comes into the store every single day. So if anything happens, we know exactly what's working on your vehicle. So you are never really exposed. Now, later on uh, in the month of uh, October, we are going to launch a senior day at Oakville Infinity and Oakville Nissan. So there's going to be a specific day in the weekend that every single senior in the town of Oakville can come down and they're going to get a special treatment. I'm looking at getting some massage chairs for them to sit back and just get a massage while they wait for the car. What do you think? Man, I could use a massage chair, and I'm not a senior citizen. 
<laughs> I think that I, maybe I know maybe I'll people... maybe I'll come down on senior day anyways just to get the massage and just pay the regular price. Nineteen ninety nine, you can't beat it. <laughs> you cannot beat it. This is the Greg Carrasco show here on TSN ten fifty, and this is my friend Ken Stapen. Uh, folks, we have the brains of the operation coming on the other side of the hour. Money Mike is going to be here talking to us about how we may have wrecked our credit by getting a defer mortgage payments. You know, the, we didn't mean to do this. They forced us to do this, but somehow we're going to end up paying for this. This is the Greg Carrasco show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. This is amazing. Amazing. How quickly time flies. That was an hour. Sergeant Kerry Smith, thank you. Thank you for joining the Carrasco show, talking to us about some common sense when it comes to criminal activities in car dealerships. Man, scary stuff. Folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050 with my friend Ken Stapen. We are the only non-spark property for the entire TSN network. That's a big responsibility that we got there, Ken. Big, big responsibility. We need to keep people entertained that normally listen to sports. And we don't talk sports. I don't. I do sports. I don't talk sports. Yeah, you're more of a jujitsu guy, not necessarily an expert on the f normal topics on this station, whether it be the Leafs, the Raptors, the Blue Jays, whatever it is that we're talking about on that said day. But you are an expert on cars, and we do have our resident expert on money, Money Mike, <laughs> joining the show here today. So welcome to the show, Mike. Good morning, Ken. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well, enjoying a nice Saturday morning here. Uh, glad to that... The situation that we were talking about in the first hour at Greg's dealership ended yeah. up with a safe result for everybody because it was extremely nerve-wracking. Obviously, it was great to have Sergeant Kerry Smith on the show and shed some light on how we can protect ourselves as individuals from these sorts of situations and steps that we can take moving forward to make sure that we're protecting ourselves as organizations such as Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity from these sorts of things happening again in the future. It's uh, it's pretty scary when it gets to that level. I've I've never understood, uh, you know, that kind of behavior in in as a as a business model of uh, of breaking the law and stealing cars. I don't know. I I thought that was straight out of the yeah, grand the theft 50s auto. And 60s. Gone in yeah. sixty seconds. I thought that those days are behind us. It's a lot more prevalent than you think it is. Yeah. Uh, stealing tires and wheels is something so common. What a lot of people don't know is that. Uh, if you're going to replace your rims and tires from with factory rims and tires, they're like two thousand dollars a piece. Yeah. So you're talking, you know, six to eight thousand dollars on regular cars. Never mind sports cars. And uh, I have a video on my YouTube channel in which we show the consumer how quickly somebody can steal tires from you. I remember seeing that video. It was. I yeah. think it was like thirty-two seconds. We can get a vehicle on blocks with the wheels taken off. Can. How crazy is who's, that? Who's doing the stealing? Is it a Formula One pit crew? <laughs> no, look, you know, all we did, we, uh, you know, this was the standard. If you, if, if you want to check this out, uh, you know, you can find me on social media. My YouTube channel is, you know, watch, but millions of people watch this stuff. And I'm not joking. Um, there is a video there. And th this was the rule. We are going to get tools that you can buy a Canadian tire. So we didn't have a power gun. We didn't have an air gun. We didn't have not, anything that you cannot buy a Canadian tire. And uh, we had, I think it was three apprentices, just three people. And within 32 seconds, we could actually get the wheels off a car. It was insane. 
They should bring some of those tools into the pit stop at Canadian Tire, and they might have faster service, and people won't be waiting in line for two hours. That might be an effective strategy. <laughs> Is that what you had to do last week, uh, Ken? No, I, no. I understand I, that. Really? <laughs> I, well, I called ahead of time to see on the particular day to bring my car in for an oil change, and the guy had said, yeah, bring it in. You know, we got the pit stop. I was, well, how long's the line at the pit stop? He's like, well, it looks like right now it's going to be about 90 minutes to two hours. Wow. So I think I'll maybe I'll try another morning, get up early and see if I can get in line first thing rather than going at 11 a.m. and waiting two hours. There is one place that you will never have to wait, you know, if you want to get good service. And that is when you talk to Money Mike. <laughs> you know, Money Mike, uh, for those of you that have been listening to the show for a very long time, is the only person that I voluntarily allow to touch my money. Nobody else is allowed. Nobody else. You know, Money Mike has been handling my finances for a very long time, and uh, I am super happy that he is with me on the show just about every week talking to us about ways to grow independent, you know, financially independent, to make better financial decisions, how to invest your money, how to save your money, how not to, you know, to spend squander your money. Squander it. Yeah. What do you say? Squander it? Squ yeah, not yeah, to squander that's, it. That's my problem, and I, I have a problem. If I, put, if I have money in my pocket, it'll be gone. So I need to commit yeah. it. You have to. It's so hard to earn out there these days. We've got to hold on to as much as we can. Well, I, I heard something that was terrifying yesterday. Okay. Um, you know, over the, I, I have pretty good credit, you know. <laughs> this goes back to the dating thing with Ken. Well documented, <laughs> Remember last week? Yes. Uh, uh, for those of you that uh, don't know the inside joke, uh, I, I believe that you should uh, disclose your credit score on the first date. Um, you have to because you, you don't want to be a free ride for anyone. So, you know, unless you're playing, you're dating for sports. If you're dating for sports, you know, you're on your own. You have bigger problems. You know, you need to get yourself a therapist and find a way to grow your self-esteem, not your wealth. But, um, you know, if you're dating to actually hang out with someone for a very long time, I think it's very important that you know right away what the problems are. You see, credit, <laughs> I was thinking about this. Like credit score is like a, you know, like a venereal disease. You want to know right away, man. You, you want to yep. know. Because, uh, you know, in the absence of a crystal ball can, Previous behavior would tell you everything. You know what I'm saying? My goodness. I've never heard that comparison before, but the first, first time for everything, I suppose. Uh, well, yeah, I guess there is. But what I heard yesterday, Mike, is yeah. that um, whether you wanted to or not, you know, some people just decided to take a, a mortgage payment break. Uh, you know, some people have some pretty hefty mortgages. And uh, during COVID, many people were either unemployed, they were laid off, or they took a pay cut to stay employed. Right. And that that's, it was the right thing to do at the time. Now, what we weren't told was that if you did opt to have your mortgage payments deferred, that you were going to have an impact, a negative impact on your credit bureau. Can you talk to me about this? Well, it's it's not necessary, but it can happen. So so here's the truth about deferring any sort of payments, taking a payment holiday or, or deferrals of those payments, is it is it is allowed to do it. Is, it's dependent upon the lender. So if they have given you the option to do it, then there's nothing wrong with, with opting for it, but it depends on how that lender then... Um, I guess I don't know the exact term that are used by the credit agencies, but it, it depends on how they record that missed payment. Is it a missed payment 
is it a, a an allowed deferral? It really depends on how they register it. Because if you look at the credit rating agencies, if they see that a payment is late or missed, it hurts your credit rating. It, and, and literally, a late payment can hurt your credit score by 150 points. It's nuts. It's it's absolutely crazy, especially when you talk about, you mean I was two days late on my cell phone payment and that's hurting my credit? So, you know, if you talk to your mortgage lender or okay. anyone who administers one of your loans, a vehicle loan, and they're giving you a holiday or permission to defer a payment, you really have to make sure that they have recorded or, or sent that transaction recording properly to the credit agency. So what would be recorded as? What would be the proper... Um wording to use well, in- i mean essentially what you need to do is you have to enter an agreement with your lender it needs to be on paper that this is what we're doing you can't just take somebody's word for it or some verbal in this environment all credit agencies and these financial institutions have had a huge influx of calls from people saying hey i, I hear i can defer my mortgage tell me about that and they're having to employ anyone they can to handle the volumes and they may not be fully trained on on how to communicate these things and and certainly not on how to record them so if you're going to enter into an agreement to do it you need more than just a conversation with someone you need paperwork yes but i mean you know here is the part that i don't understand yeah for many people this was not a voluntary thing um being unemployed was essentially forced by the government. The government right. forced most people to stay home. And as we know, we are most Canadians are one or two paychecks away from financial insolvency. And that's a terrifying statistic. Right. Now, and on that basis, when you did not choose to be unemployed, when the government forced the unemployment on you, when the government forced businesses to shut down, how can that be used against the consumer in any way, shape, or form unless the intent of the financial institution was evil in the first place? Yeah, so it, it shouldn't harm you, but if it was recorded improperly, if it was recorded hastily because the volumes are just too, too high and, and the people weren't paying attention to how it was recorded, uh-huh. it can affect you. So you can enter an agreement, it's perfectly lawful to do so, and it can have, and it should have, no effect on your credit rating as long as it was done properly. Now, why do you think that the bureaus themselves, TransUnion and Equifax, are not looking at this as extenuating circumstances? They are, but all of their systems are electronic and automated. So if a, a car lender sends in a bunch of, of electronic transactions and they're all just recorded as missed... Instead of we entered an agreement and they've been lawfully deferred, yeah. Equifax isn't examining that. They just get electronic records, missed, missed, missed payment. Interesting. Now, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, I don't know what your expertise is on this credit situation, but how can you correct that? For example, if you had uh, an 850 credit score uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the COVID situation, and you, even though you didn't need to, you decided to take a mortgage vacation and yep. invest the money somewhere else because your mortgage was 2%. Meanwhile, uh, the stock were, went on sale for like three or four months, yep. <laughs> you know, and you yep. decided to buy stocks instead. What do you do? I mean, do you call Equifax and TransUnion and, and, and find out what the reason your, the reason why your uh, your credit score went down? Right. Well, you start with Equifax and TransUnion 
in order to determine if something was recorded improperly. So you can go on to those uh, websites, transunion.ca or equifax.com, mm-hmm. and you can look at your credit score and your credit rating and, and your history. So if you see one of those payments that you were understanding that it was deferred or a holiday that the you and your lender agreed to, and it wasn't recorded that way, Okay, now you have to take some steps, but it starts with the lender. You know, folks, this is a very little known fact that uh, you can sign up with Equifax and TransUnion. It will cost you, I think it's $17 uh, per site in order for you to have a 24-7 monitoring of your credit. Now, many of you may say, but Greg, that's a waste of money. I don't, you know, it's $34, $35 a month that I don't need. After tax money, you're looking at, you know, $60, $70. You know, it's an expense that, you know, it's an expense that is unnecessary. This is all I can tell you folks, that if if there is something that is misrecorded, that is, that is misrepresented, that is, if there is an error on your credit that affects your rating, therefore, every time you apply for credit later on, it would make you qualify for higher rates Right. So one point on a $50,000 car could potentially cost you thousands of dollars simply because of an error on your credit bureau. Right. It is very important that you know what your credit is. <laughs> and it's not because you're dating. <laughs> it's because you need to take care of your finances in a way that makes sense, in a practical sense. Do you find that most people don't know what their credit is? Oh, of course. I mean, when you, when you asked for, for us to discuss this topic, I had to think back to when the last time was I looked at my own credit rating, and uh-huh. it, was, it was about 12 years ago. I haven't paid attention since. That's crazy. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big... I mean, I have credit in place. I don't use a lot. I mean, my mortgage renews. Yep. My, uh, you know, I, I didn't need a car loan uh, the last time. I, I I did the line of credit. Don't don't out me on this, but I put it on the line of credit and I paid it off fast. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need to ask anyone because the line of credit's already in place. So I, I don't typically need a day-to-day awareness, but I do recommend to people they should once a year check it. Once, it, it at you least, know, at I, least once a year? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think trans, was it TransUnion that they'll let you do $5 to check it? Uh, signing up for the monthly plan, but you're not obligated to stay. The average is yeah somewhere between fifteen and twenty dollars just to to check. You yeah. can get a free access to your credit score. It won't be as detailed, but do it once a year and just make sure that the things that are on your credit report are supposed to be there. Folks, if you're listening to the show, this is Money Mike, my money expert. Uh, if you want to reach him after the show because we're live right now. And you don't know what to do with your money. You're sitting on a couch and in the cushions, you have hundreds of thousands of dollars and you have no idea what to do with it. You need to call Mike. His direct line is 905-320-6762 or you can send him an email at moneymike.ca as hundreds of my listeners have done over the last couple of years. And uh, I can tell you, he's gotten me some through some pretty tough times when it comes to the markets and just simply by understanding what's going on. Now, you know, before before we go into a, you know a short break, I wanted to ask you, um, handling debt. You know, for for a lot of people, your your mortgage is is the biggest commitment that you have. What is a good strategy, you know, to to handle that debt because it's the, yeah. it's the most expensive thing that you pay every single month. It is, and and in this environment, as you said, a lot of people because their employment situation became a lot more. 
uh, unpredictable in this environment because of government expectations and and uh, some businesses were greatly affected and and people lost their jobs. So when those options became available, cash flow is king and you have to make sure you have enough cash flow to handle the bills. So there were probably quite a few people that found them in the, themselves in the position of having to take advantage of some of these offers. Mm-hmm. But again, going back to the fact that you need paperwork on this agreement because you need to know how is this affecting the debt that I have. Uh, in most cases, it should simply be that the interest continues to accrue. You're not making payments, so your debt's going to slowly build while you're not making a payments. But in some cases, there are administrative costs and penalties being added to that debt. So they're letting you skip a payment or defer a payment, but, but not without cost. So you need to be aware of those costs. It needs to be written. Well, that's terrifying to me that somebody can go out there and pretend that they're trying to help out. Uh, but um, over the years, I don't know if I, I've just grown more cynical <laughs> over my lifetime, but right. I always have this fundamental distrust of when somebody's trying to help me too much. Uh, there is, what, is the, what is the cash with this? What is the cost? And uh, you know, when you defer your payments, especially when it comes to your mortgage, I mean, you're talking thousands of dollars in certain cases yeah. that you're going to have to pay, and this gets stacked on at the end of your mortgage, folks. So this is not, not going to go away. Now, some may say, well, I have enough equity to handle it. Yeah, great. <laughs> but the, the, the reality is this, that you still have to pay it. Yes. You still have to pay it. Um, now, when it comes to you know, risking your cash flow and... Let me just step back here for a second. When when you are applying for a mortgage, do you recommend people to go with the longest possible term and pay it as quick as possible or to go with the shortest possible term that you can afford? Myself, I like to go with the longest term. I mean, if I'm talking to first-time home buyers out there, I say take the longest term possible in order to minimize your required payments. So... If I extend it over, I'm not even sure if their institution is still doing 30-year mortgages. I, I, I don't think know, I don't know. you know there was a brief window. Yeah. Remember back in the day when they got to 35 and 40-year amortizations, and I thought those people are crazy. But quickly, the financial crisis hit away with most of that, and I think we're back down to 25. And some might still be doing a little bit of 30-year. But I say go for the longest term so that your required payment is minimized, and then set a higher payment what is comfortable for you mm-hmm. to pay it down faster. So, in other words, you know, what you must pay has to be the smallest. What you will pay will be the highest. Yeah, exactly. And this is something that a lot of people don't understand. I try to explain this when it comes to car finance as well. Um, many people get afraid of an 84-month loan. Um, you shouldn't be. You know, no one says that you need to take 84 months to pay off the car. That's the longest that you could possibly have to pay off the car. Right. But you don't have to pay it off in 84 months. You can pay it off in two or three years. Now, if you have 0%, you'd be crazy to pay it off any sooner. Absolutely. But, you know, a lot of people get afraid on this. Do you think that a lot of people mishandle debt? Well, it's the reason why credit card companies are so profitable. Banks make so much money. Of course. Of course we mishandle debt. Of course we do. The the right approach to debt is get it paid off as quickly as possible. The, do you think that there is a debt hierarchy that we need to assess? You know, you know which is the most important debt to right. the least important debt, and how would you qualify that? Well, t- 
traditionally what I have said is in order to prioritize, you want to get rid of the highest interest rate debt first. So that's the most important debt that you need to knock off. The highest non-deductible interest debt for sure. So rarely, and especially in this environment, that doesn't include the mortgage. Uh, that's going to be credit cards and it's going to be personal loans. It's going to be lines of credit. It's going to be car loans. Those are the things that I would prioritize uh -huh. before I would ever worry about the mortgage. But having said that, there's a little bit of case by case basis. So, you know, if someone's found themselves to be in a debt problem, <clears throat> you won't necessarily attack the highest interest rate debt first. If it's the largest balance, you might attack uh, a, a couple of debts that have slightly lower interest rates, but the balances are low enough that you can get rid of them completely in a short period of time. You want to, you know, you'll want to get some sort of win. So I might opt to pay a 13% debt that I only owe a thousand dollars on mm -hmm. before I pay an 18% that I own 20,000 on. Uh, just to get rid of that debt, and then I can concentrate more and more cash flow towards the larger debt. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, redistribution of your cash flow. Yeah, is... well, and, and you, you get a little bit of sense of achievement. If mm -hmm. you found yourself in that and you're feeling bad that you're behind and you're in debt to all these different places, getting one of those paid off and no longer owing that institution, being able to get rid of that card can, can give you the motivation to keep going. You know, let me give you an example. I, I have the opportunity to... Uh, to pay off Josh's loan on the car, okay, and uh, but I'm I, I'm paying zero percent. Never do it. So you know this this is not something that I should be doing at, at all. If you have an, a, a zero percent debt and somebody says to me your payment's going to be it doesn't matter three four five eight hundred dollars a month, whatever the time frame is, it's like saying you owe me eight hundred dollars, but pay it to me in four years. And four years from now, it'll still be $800. Four, four year later, $800 payment is worth so much less than $800 due today. So no, don't hurry off to, to pay a 0% debt. Folks, are you listening to this? This is, this is financial advice that is priceless. No pun intended there. Hmm. Um, this is Money Mike. He is the person that uh, we, we have on the show here to advise the listeners of the Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050 as to what to do with your money and how to build your wealth. Uh, we're going to take a small break right now. And uh, on the other side, we are going to talk about your cash flow and the risk that you may have and how to protect it. It's so important for you to have a specific amount that comes in and out of your accounts every single month. This is the Greg Carrasco Show on TSN 1050. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050 with my friend Ken Stapen. And uh, we have Money Mike in the house. Money Mike is the person that manages my finances, and he's kind enough to share his knowledge on money management and wealth management with all the listeners. So if you're just tuning in, the way that you can reach Mike, because he will handle your money, um, you can reach him at 905-320-6762. I'll write, I'll say the number again, 905-320-6762. Or you can send him an email at moneymike.ca and join the hundreds of people, hundreds of listeners from the show that are employing his services to um, to have Mike protecting their, their moolah, you know, Mike is the moolah protector. You know, I should, I should rename you. What do you think about that? No, that sounds like a mouthful. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have a number of uh, people I've known for a lot of years, friends, old uh, university 
connections and they hey money mike how are you they're calling you money mike they now? are they are uh, it it rolls off not the magic mike no no <laughs> no i think we're going to stick away from any uh any sort of magic reference. that's what andre calls you magic hey, mike. hey hi honey hey <laughs> so you know i i keep hearing the news that people acting irresponsibly around the city and uh, all these parties that are going on in brampton that you know they're making it everywhere yeah. and uh i, I, I want to speak to all the dbs up there that are completely inconsiderate to what this may do to the gta just because of irresponsible acts of a few um many people can are going to have to pay the price if we go back to stage two um Never mind stage one. Right. You know, stage two is going to cripple the city. It's going to cripple the economy. And uh, many of us forget that we are still in the middle of a pandemic. It seems like nobody wants to believe it anymore. It's like we are pandemic out. Yeah. But we are still suffering from cash flow issues when it comes to your own income. I mean, there are many businesses, especially in the, um, in the service industry, that are not up to par. Yeah. So how do we manage, you know, and protect our cash flow during this time, man? Well, as you said, I think people have forgotten because the sort of the, the big shock and, and initial stages are behind us. They're thinking we're past it and certain uh, officials running for office want to pretend like we're, it's all done, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially from a cash flow perspective, we have to look at the fact that the CERB is is ending. When does it end, do you know? I, off the top of my head. It's supposed to be late September. Uh, I don't know the exact date. And the government's talking about follow-up uh, programs to help support it. But the reality is, at some point, government support for day-to-day -day running of our finances has to end. And the economy, the engine of people's cash flow has to take over at some point. And during this pandemic, there's a real question mark about whether or not it can. So cash flow is going to be a concern. It's going to continue to be a concern for a little while. So we have to keep doing the things that we started doing. And you're, if you remember, we talked way back in the, in the late winter about the things that we need to be doing. And we still need to be doing them. We still need to watch our cash flow. We still need to tighten our belts because there's uncertainty out there. Now, I mean, all the things that we stopped doing uh, over the lockdown, not going out for dinner, not buying this, not buying, uh, just staying home and, and just trying to streamline our expenses, it, it all seemed to have gone out the window because uh, Jeff Bezos was worth $103 billion at the beginning of the year. And I think that yesterday was announced that he was worth $193 billion. And guess what? That happened because of all of you just spending money online yeah. people don't need to go anywhere to spend money anymore nope. retail therapy right in the comfort of your home oh that's terrifying yeah. last night i bought a, a cast iron skillet i had to just swipe i, I like frying my steaks i don't gotcha. like barbecuing my steaks okay and uh you know i i just it was amazing the whole thing just took three seconds there it is that's the price buy now gone and this thing is going to magically appear on yep. my doorstep. I, yep. it's, it's fascinating how this works. How do you control this, this impulses that we have for retail therapy, Mike? Oh, I don't know. So you need a, someone with a little bit different training than what I have to, to be able to control those sort of things. But Does it involve medication? <laughs> it, it, it could, and I've got a bottle for you before I leave. Oh, no. But no, I think at the end of the day, it's important that we do it. How that gets done... 
uh, is incumbent upon each individual out there to do it. But we've got to control when there's uncertainty. And and don't get me wrong, there are some people out there whose incomes, the Bezos aside, have prospered during mm-hmm. this environment. You know, uh, computer sales, online sales. There are some businesses that have not only survived but thrived in this environment so there's some people out there making money hand over fist um you know this too shall pass and and people will sort of revert to more normal behaviors at some point but until the economy has figured itself out and we we get back to some sort of normalized behavior we have to be conscious of it never waste a good crisis right never waste a good crisis (laughs) so So, you know what i wanted to ask you and this is this is important to me because you see, the, the markets are still uncertain, or at least they have been uh, up and down over the last few months, although they have, for the most part, recovered, no? Yeah, most markets uh, are are basically recovered. Most client portfolios are, are in the positive. And, and if you had told me a year ago that come the, the end of winter in 2020, there's going to be this little thing called a pandemic that's going to hit society and the government's going to shut down almost every business out there for a period of time but by september well truly it was probably july or august yeah yeah, client portfolios are going to be back into the positive i would say none of what you just said makes sense well it did but you know i do feel that there is a lot of fears going on right now investors yeah. people that have some money that they are liquid that they decided to go liquid or they have some you know inheritance if you're sitting in you know in a few hundred thousand dollars sit you know sitting there in your bank account yeah. um you know being wasted away with service fees and inflation and you don't have it working for you there are still some fears as to what to do with those monies mm-hmm. how you know if i'm one of those people right now you know other than calling you how do i assess my fears how do i how do i ground myself into the reality that you know being afraid of the markets right now is not a wise thing to do and that is potentially costing you money well it, it is and and you know thankfully i i don't have a lot of that behavior within my own client base but i know back in the spring there was a great number of people who decided their their anxiety was too high and they needed to get away from investing and so you talk about people sitting on a hundred thousand two hundred thousand that's not invested and they don't know what to do the even greater fear for me is the people sitting on a half a million three quarters a million dollars that's already invested mm-hmm. and their anxiety is heightened their fears are at a maximum right now and they don't know what to do out there and the the human instinct is to say i need to i need to protect i need to avoid the risk that's out there i'm getting out of the markets and trying to predict that they know more bad times are coming and they're going to be able to get back in and invested after the bad has happened mm-hmm. you know i've said this before like the crosstown bus they're going to step back from the curb and that bad bus is going to wing by, and they're not going to be affected by it, and then they're going to be able to step back in. And history has shown that people do not have the ability to do that repeatedly, and they cause more harm than they do good. So we've got to take, we, we have to revert back to our financial plan. We have to know, especially if we're retired today, we put a plan in place that was going to meet our needs it's going to supply the lifestyle and, and meet the costs that we knew we were going to uh, experience over the course of our retirement. We have to go back to that plan 
and just confirm, I'm still okay. I'm still on pace. And I don't need to avoid some of the negatives that can happen in the months ahead, things like elections and will this uh, second wave happen and will governments tighten up restrictions. Those things are going to come and go. I have to stick with my plan. I have to review it and know I did the right things and to position myself to afford the retirement I'm going to have, and I'm still okay. Folks, if you, you know, if when you think about your finances and your, your, your stomach gets filled with anxiety because you have no idea what you're doing, if you don't know what's going on with your portfolio, if you, you know, if you came across some, an inheritance or you're sitting on some monies that you don't know what to do with and you are, you know, essentially paralyzed uh, by fear of not knowing what to do and you don't have a plan, you owe it to yourself. You know, call Mike. His number is 905-320-6762, or you can send him an email at moneymike.ca. That's, that's what I did. And I can tell you, the, having a plan is, is, is the most, probably the most basic thing that anybody could have, but it's also one of the most difficult things to do because everybody thinks that they have the answers. And the reality is this, that, you know, we, we just don't. And if we don't have a professional holding our hand through different areas of our lives, and it's very easy to make a mistake. You know, we, we fear what we don't know. And the money markets are something so unpredictable. We, we simply don't have enough expertise. Look, here I am talking to you on the radio about all sorts of different things. Uh, I've been in the car industry for 27 years. So although I don't consider myself an expert, I, I do consider myself a student. And, uh, you know, even though I run a quarter of a billion dollar operation, because that's how large Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity is. Yeah. I still declare myself incompetent on personal finances. I have an idea, but it doesn't mean that I'm an expert. And I think that every single person in society, at some point, you need to step back and get yourself some heroes. You know, who, who is my hero when it comes to my finances? Money Mike. Who is my hero when it comes to employment law? Leo Sanfuro. Who is my hero when it comes to, you know, corporate law? Lufra Porti, you know, and, and like that. Who is my hero when it comes to the car industry? Oh, I have a few of those ones, but <laughs> Gary Bowman is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. So I think that we have issue trusting and we, we are so jaded with markets and, and, and the information that media pushes forward. You got to remember, folks, that media outlets thrive on drama. When there is something bad happening, it gets a lot more hits than when something good is happening. Right. You know, when the markets were crashing, you know, back in March and April, guess what? We were inundated. You know, the, the gloom and doom of the, the stock market. When was the last time you heard that the markets have fully recovered and we are in the positive? When was the last time you heard that on the, on the news? That's not worthy of writing about. Precisely. And this is the reason why I felt that it was so important that Mike came on, on air with me and educate the general population as, as to how fear affects your decision-making process and how much money fear may be costing you on a regular basis. Now, look at this. If you, if, if you suffer in the marketplace back in March and you cashed out, only when you cashed out, you actually realized the loss. Because if you stayed in the market, guess what? You're making more money now than you had back in March. But there were so many people, folks, I can't tell you how many people that I personally know decided to pull their money out because they didn't know where the bottom was going to hit. And guess what? They realized the loss. And at that point, you, you just shake your head and say, oh, man, 
I just wish they would have had a plan. Well, you know, it's actually even worse than that because this is the com- the common conversation I have during a crisis. Someone will say to me, I need to get out. I'm, I've too much fear about what's going to be coming in the fall. And I think I just need to, to sit on the sidelines and wait for all that to play out. And then I'll get back in. And here's how the conversation goes. Okay. So we're going to pull out your, let's just throw a number. We're going to pull out your million dollars. Okay. Okay. What has to happen over the coming months for you to feel comfortable to reinvest? And they said, well, I just, I want to make sure that the, you know, the election effects are done and the economy, everything. Okay, fine. So what happens if two months from now, mm-hmm. you and I sit back down and the markets are 20% lower than they are today? What do you do? And they said, well, I'm, thank goodness I wasn't invested in them. I said, okay, are you going to reinvest? Well, no. No, no, because they're down 20%. It could get worse. <laughs> it got worse back in March. It got worse in 2008. So, no, I'm just going to sit there. Okay. Now the markets are down 40%. Mm-hmm. Are you going to reinvest? Heck no. Too scary. Okay. So, we've just admitted there's no downside that's going to hit to get you back invested. Now, we sit down two months from now and the markets are 10% higher than they are today. What do you do? You've just missed out on 10%. It's it's the same conversation that people are having that got out in March and April. Mm-hmm. I can't get back in. Things are too scary. But the markets just went up literally from their market bottom of March 23rd. The markets in the U.S. are 60% higher than they were on that day. Are you serious? Without question. So now you've missed out on 60% rebound. How do you get back in now? Knowing all of the risks ahead of us uh-huh. and you've missed out on 60% rebound, however do you get back in? The answer is you don't. You end up shell-shocked and sitting on the sideline with just gut-wrenching fear and you never come back again. So my job is not to help you to avoid what could potentially happen because we can't avoid it. My, my job is to help you to understand it my job is to help you not fear it. My job is to help you create a portfolio that will protect you from being detrimentally destroyed should some sort of event happen and help get you through it because more often than not, the markets do just fine for you. Folks, that is money wisdom talking to you. That's Money Mike. His direct line is 905-320-6762, or you can email him at moneymike.ca. Ken, let's take a small break. Uh, We have the last segment of the hour, and that we're going to keep on picking on Money Mike's brain because this is – I hate interrupting him because he was going on a row there, and I I really dug what he was saying. Stay tuned. There's more to come. You are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show here with Ken Stateman and Money Mike. Money Mike's direct line after the show is 905-320-6762 or moneymike.ca is where you send them an email. If you're one of those people that um, don't have a financial plan and they have no idea what's happening with your portfolio, that your financial advisor hasn't spoken to you in the last three months, <laughs> you know, the time has come. You need to, you need to, make, a, you need to make a move. Uh, I think that um, uh, the relationship that you have with your financial advisor over the last six months essentially told you how much they care about you and how important they take your business. I think it's important that uh, that you, that you assess that relationship. Um, 
I hated interrupting you before the break because I thought that you were on, on a pretty compelling, um, you know, soliloquy there that you were talking about. It's not a soliloquy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. The, um, you know, fear drives a lot of people to make mistakes. You right. know, we are so afraid that we are afraid of fear itself. Mm. And sometimes that keeps us away from making some good financial decisions. Like, how do you deal with the irrational fear of uh, especially seniors man you know if if you have your parent if your parents are seniors or if you um if if you're a senior yourself listening to the show right now they are terrified right now and yeah. those are the people that want to take you know the money out of the out of the market what would, do you have a, a, a standard process what do you do no, do you ask them questions you know what? what and and those are the people who have their backs up against the wall because there's no good alternative to achieve what they're trying to achieve when they're saying, I need to protect my money, well, where do you go? GIC rates right now, I've heard some institutions are still giving as high as 1.3%. That's high. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the long-term bond rate, someone, uh, I read an article at the beginning of the week talking about building a, a diverse portfolio of, of government bonds, two, three, five, ten, 10, and 30-year bonds. And the expectation is for the next decade, that portfolio of diversified government bonds is going to earn 0.6% for the next 10 years. So you're losing 1.5 to 2% on your money every year, just on inflation alone. I'm even ignoring inflation. The reality is a 0.6% rate of return. That's not a return. That's a mild swelling. That's, that is nothing. And so the people that are saying, I need to control the risk and avoid the downside, those are the alternatives that are available. So it's, it's very trying times for today's retirees if that is what they're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm trying to protect my principal, I can do that by sticking it in a coffee can and burying it in the backyard. Mm -hmm. I know I'll still have my money. But people are recognizing I can't, my, my income that I need won't survive that way. And so they need help. So what would you advise someone that's listening to the show that has a senior at home and have older, you know, elder parents that they know are panicking about what may happen over the next few years? And, and, and folks, you got to remember this, that, you know, the, the average age in, in Canada is, what, 85 years old. So when you retire at the age of 60 or 65, you have to come to terms with the prospect that you're going to be alive for another 30 years. Will you have enough money to last you that long? So you're not talking about the average age. You're talking about life expectancy life, right Life now. expectancy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's uh, early early 80s for men and, and late 80s for women. And, if you, and this actually, this is from a study from like over a decade ago. If you have a couple who are 65, today 50 50 shot some one of them is still here at 90 that's you know and and this is if that doesn't terrify you <laughs> i don't know what else is going to because you have to remember this 30 years is a long time if you retired at the age of 60 and you and there's a pretty good possibility that you're going to be alive by the age of 90 do you have enough money to last you for 30 years without working yeah. look what happened this during the pandemic folks we were not working for a few months and all hell broke loose. Imagine you not being able to work for the following 30 years. Yeah. And conceivably, because people are taking longer and longer before they enter the workforce, mm -hmm. 
and they all want to retire early. It is conceivable you could spend more years in retirement than you did working. Are you prepared for it? If you're asking yourself this question and you don't have an answer for it, you should probably call Mike. Um, you know, his number is always going to be up there on, on the podcast. We, uh, as soon as the show ends, we put it up on the cloud and uh, you can download the Greg Carrasco show from iTunes. So you can listen to the show on your own time. Or if you want to get your elderly parents or, you know, your grandparents in your house. So listen to this advice, folks, it's really, really important that we look after our seniors. And I can tell you those were different times. Those were different times. What they went through when they were paying, you know, 13, 14% on a mortgage, that doesn't happen anymore. When they bought their houses, houses were twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. That's not the case. Twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 today doesn't buy you anything. Just like a million dollars. 20 years from now, it's not going to buy you anything either. Oh, it'll still buy you something. A <laughs> million dollars 20 years from now will be worth more than a half a million dollars will be worth 20 years from now. So let's get you to the million. So I think it's, it's, it's very important that we, we understand and we look after each other. I know that it's very difficult sometimes for, you know, for us to say, I don't know, or I am scared. Oh, I don't know enough about money and finances and what to do with my own future. And, and, and this is the reason why we have this show. So it's a call to action. It's a call for you to say that you are not alone trying to figure this stuff out. I mean, we, we're all trapped in this planet, you know, living every single day trying to figure things out as we go. Because I can tell you, you learn your life backwards, but you live it forward. So every single situation that you live is lived on a one-time basis. Oh, this is the first time that I have this conversation with Mike. And it, this is a fact. But I mean, like I said earlier in the show, in the absence of a crystal ball, the only thing that we have is previous experience, is previous behavior. And if we can find a way to help our seniors, to help our parents, to help ourselves make better financial decisions, why not? The number that you need to write down is 905-320-6762 or moneymike.ca, just like the hundreds of people that have already called him to help put together a plan that will you know, I will not guarantee, but I will bring you a little bit closer to some sort of sanity, no? Yes. Well, that's that's the, the point behind my professional existence is to, to give you some peace of mind to take some of the complex financial decisions and questions in front of you and simplify them to make your life simpler. Well, he's made my life simpler. Money Mike, once again, man, it's, it's so awesome to have you. I, you know, the content today was, um, you know, was second to none. I really appreciate it. I, like I said to you before, I hated interrupting you before the last break. But, uh, you know, the fact that you are available to my listeners is, is, is a privilege for them. And, uh, uh, you know, I thank you for that immensely. Uh, folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050 with Ken Stapon. And uh, this is supposed to be the largest automotive radio show in the country that we don't talk about cars. We talk about just helping each other out. So we're going to take a small break and we're going to be right back on the other side of the hour. If you want to call us, 416-870-1050 is the number. We'll be right back. Time flies. Time flies. This is the last hour of the Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050 with my friend Ken Stapen. This hour is your hour, folks. This is the hour when you call and you argue with me, you disagree with me if you want to. If you have any questions, suggestions, concerns, issues, grievances, beefs, if you have an opinion on something, if you think that you can contribute to the show in any possible way, 
The number to call is 416-870-1050, or if you call them from out of town, it's 1-855-591-6876. We are here for you. We are going to listen to you. We are going to talk about this. And um, just remember that this show revolves around things that happen in our lives, things that happen in my life, and this is more of a therapy session for me, so I enjoy do, doing this um, every single Saturday. It's, it's, it's an outlet. Uh, communication has always been my thing. I like to exchange ideas, debate ideas. I've always believed that the, the best cure for you know terrible ideas is sunlight. You know, you bring them up to light and let expose them. We'll talk about them. We'll, we'll tear them apart. And um, you know, when it comes to the car industry, the car industry has always been surrounded by this mysticism, this crypt cryptic ideas behind the 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 whole you know idea of a car dealership in which we we always felt exposed we always felt unsafe we always felt that we didn't know enough and that we were probably victims that we were going to be get victimized whenever you went, walked into a car dealership and car dealerships just developed a really bad rap over the last <laughs> i would say 100 years and um, having the show here for the last, I mean, the, my show has been around for about 13 years, 13 of those ones in another network, and I joined TSN uh, back in July the 11th. But we became the largest automotive radio show in the country about six years ago, and uh, we are certainly the largest podcast, automotive podcast in Canada. And uh, you can download the podcast from iTunes, or you can go to tsn.ca or tsn1050 and uh, download the podcast and listen to this on your own time with no commercials. So if you uh, if you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, just click subscribe and you're going to get um, uh, a, a notification every time the podcast is up and live and you can listen to us whenever you want. Um, but I have dedicated my life. Uh, you know, let me see if I can remember this quote. The, the two most important times, uh, you know, dates in your life is when you were born and then when you discover why. I can't remember who said that. And, uh, you know, it always spoke to me. Uh, it spoke to me because, you know, yeah, your birthday is, is a pretty important thing for those who care. But many of us go through life not ever knowing why we're here or why. What was your calling? What, what, is, what is your greater cause? And uh, I, I do think that I found my calling early. And um, I started to work in an industry by chance. And uh, although I don't like cars, and I always say this, I think that cars are a giant waste of money. I, I was able to become a student in this industry. And uh, I think that, you know, my calling was to make the car industry just the better industry. I think that it was to bring some transparency and clarity into what dealerships do. And, uh, you know, my methods are often questioned and, and that's okay. There is, you know, there is a, you know, a tremendous amount of, um, you know, arrogance that comes <laughs> into, into thinking that you may have some answers to thing and, and to, you know, to, to some of the questions that are surrounding the car industry, and and I'll accept that. Um, but I can tell you this: um, there is a lot of humility by saying to you that my mind is not made up. Um, you know, my ideas and my principles are open to be challenged. They're open to be questioned by you. And uh, you know, to give you an example, you know, Ken. My last three stores, I have run them without a used car manager. I think that the used car manager position is obsolete in car dealerships today. And that is something that has been argued and fought by the industry by and large. The other thing that I've always done in every dealership that I've run is to remove commission sales. I believe that we, in today's environment, we cannot have an adversarial relationship with our consumers. It doesn't work that way anymore. Um, but the only people that fight commission sales are commission salespeople. 
Why? <laughs> it's very simple. You know, you cannot expect a man to understand something when his very income depends on him not understanding it. That was Upton Sinclair that said that. And that's a very prominent quote in my life. So, you know, it's, it's very interesting, you know, sharing these ideas. And, you know, especially when it comes to transactional behavior that we have in the car industry. Now, often Ken and I talk off air and he brings out the most interesting topics and uh, you know i feel bad because i don't want to stop him from talking to me uh but i always wanted to say you know stop you know just stop just talk to me about this on air so i want you to bring up some of the things that you were talking to me about earlier uh ken in relation to used car purchases and uh and msrps and whatnot so we can share with the audience uh where your head is at of course, of course. A little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. We always have that discussion in the morning, and it's both of us cutting each other off. Like, no, no, don't say anymore. Obviously, we've touched a nerve, and we can just discuss this a little bit later on in the afternoon. Uh, P.S. For the listeners' sake, it was uh, Mark Twain, by the way, who said the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day that you find out why. So I feel like he might be a familiar name for a number of the listeners out there. Well, thank you. Yeah, as far as uh, the car conversations, so... One thing that I've always wondered, and obviously there's going to be a pretty cut and dry answer to this, but I feel like people don't really realize that when you're dealing with buying a vehicle from an independent seller and not from a dealership, is how much of the liability is on the seller of the car versus on the buyer of the car if the product that you're buying ends up being faulty or malfunctioning. And I bring this up because a friend of mine a little while mm -hmm. back purchased a car, uh, seemed to be all fine. Everything was running okay on it. You know, the owner, previous owner expressed no uh, prerequisite knowledge of anything going wrong with the car. Everything seemed to be running correctly. They signed off on the paperwork, transferred the money, da-da-da-da-da. Everybody's happy. Until two weeks later, the O2 sensors on the car start going wonky. And so he ends up bringing into the shop. They say, oh, it's the O2 sensors. This is going to be a pretty significant bill. And they end up dropping, you know, a $3,000, $4,000 bill on him for the work. So he contacts the previous seller of the car and sort of talking to him and saying, listen, yeah. oh, you know, what's, what's the situation here? Uh, did you know about this? Like, uh, was that a problem that was popping up before? Did you clear the codes? And the guy was sort of like, no, well, we never had that issue before. And sort of buyers beware. And now your, my buddy is stuck with a big repair bill or he can't keep his car on the road. So how much of the liability or responsibility should be on the consumer at that point to understand what they're buying when they're buying a used product rather than going to a certified dealership such as Oakville Nissan or Oakville Infinity where they're going to take care to do all those checks on the cars and you're going to have a little bit more understanding about what you're paying for? Well, that is a very little known fact, Ken, that whenever you buy a vehicle from a private seller, and uh, I can tell you that uh, I have spoken to, uh, I, I carry a key from, uh, from Ombig, and I, I'm, I'm going to reach out to him this week, and maybe we can have him on air next Saturday, um, that almost, last time I checked, almost 55% of all the transactions that are being conducted uh, privately are fraudulent transactions. They're, you know, the vehicles that you're buying uh, privately are from curbsiders, which are people that are just... Um, making a business out of pretending to be a private seller and uh, they're selling you vehicles that have tremendous issues and um, they are evading taxes. The, uh, you often meet them on a parking lot, you exchange ownerships and uh, uh, you give them your monies and off you go. And, and here is where the problem lies, Ken. 
that whether you buy a $1,000 car privately or you buy a $100,000 car privately, the buyer, the moment the money exchanges hands, assumes 100% of the liability of that transaction. There is no protection for, um, for private transactions in the province of Ontario. So if you bought a vehicle that um, you took home, you drove for a week or so, and then the engine falls out, or you have to replace the transmission or anything of significance, there is no recourse. There is absolutely no recourse on this. And, and if, you are, if you're trying to sell a vehicle privately that has a big problem, you got to remember that at some point, if you know what you're doing, you're going to have a pretty upset person on the other line. <laughs> and these and this people know where you live. So is, if people knew, Ken, how terrifying the private selling market is, and I, I, I get this people all the time, Ken. Oh, I've done it a bunch of times. Nothing bad has ever happened. Yeah, yet. So when, when, when I was at the other network, I, I did this a couple of times, and I bought some used vehicles, and... Um, I sold them privately as a as a as a case study. Uh, there was you know there was a Mercedes um, um, a Mercedes Coupe that I sold once. There was a there was an Audi TT that I sold another time. And uh, in a couple of things happened, Ken. Number one is that most of the people that want to come and buy your vehicle are not true customers. They are dealers. Okay, that's number one. They're dealers. Some other ones. I don't know who they are. You know, they may be criminals. They don't know. They just want to know where you live. They want to. They want to go on a test drive by themselves, just like what happened to us at the dealership. That happens all the time on private sales. I think if you're a private seller, yeah. letting somebody come to your house and test drive your car with, without you in it is probably the worst thing that you could do. Um, well. I, I think that the worst thing that you can do is to jump in the car with a stranger that you've never met before from your home and uh, expect them to act normally. Think about this. You know, you, you put in a vehicle out in, into, the, in, into the world. You're selling this car. Uh, and you have no idea of the background of this person that you allowed into your house or into your car for you to be inside a confined space with. You have no idea of their intentions. You have no idea of their background. You have no idea what is about to take place whenever you go on this test drive. You know, at least if you give them the keys and they go by themselves, they don't come back. You know, the car was stolen. You can just run it through your insurance. But if you are in the car with an actual criminal and something happens to you, that's terrifying. Would you say that, Ken? Yeah, of course. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to be responsible for your own safety first and foremost. And so ultimately putting yourself in a position where you're not going to be exposed to that sort of a thing is the primary objective. But sometimes it's going to be inevitable if you're trying to do a private sale, whether it is you that is trying to sell it to somebody or you're going to try and buy somebody else's car. It could go either way where you could find yourself in a difficult situation. So definitely have to be more careful, not only just for the fact that the product could be faulty that you're buying in a private sale, but the fact that you could be putting yourself in a really difficult situation as well. Well, look at it this way. I mean, there aren't very many people that sell perfectly good cars. You know, you're selling the car for a reason, right? So, you know, the moment that you buy this vehicle, you assume all the responsibilities of the reason why the vehicle is being sold in the first place. 
So when something sounds too good to be true, folks, it normally is. And um, I'm, I'm going to give you, you know, a bunch of different signs that you can look for to know if what who you're dealing with is an actual real person or not. But I believe that we have Roy uh, from a mortgage company talking to us about, um, you know, the, uh, the the credit situation. Is Roy on the line, uh, Ken? He is. Roy, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show. Uh, hey, Roy, what's good? happening? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, you good, know, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy that you called. Um, you know, just to give you a little bit of background, folks, um, I posted yesterday uh, on my Instagram account that uh, if you, for whatever reason, whether you wanted to or not, uh, defer your mortgage payments, you may have potentially wrecked your credit and you potentially may not get approved for your second mortgage. Now, the only, the only request that I have for you, Roy, is this. Yes. I want you to keep it objective. You know, we, I try to keep my feelings out of the uh, conversation because, uh, you know, nobody cares about my feelings, so I do the same. And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, and, and no. I want to know what your what your thoughts on this are. Now, you know, Roy reached out to me on on Instagram, which is great. And um, you know, I'm glad that you called. Where do you work, Roy? I work out of Toronto. My I own a small brokerage called Your Mortgage Your Way. Been in business for 20 years, and you know, during COVID. Uh, we got uh, we we feel a lot of calls of people who uh, you know lost their jobs or were laid off for a while who needed to further mortgages. Yeah. And uh, you know everyone said it's not going to affect your credit. And typically speaking, it doesn't affect your credit score whatsoever. When you pull your credit, it does say deferral due to natural disaster. Okay. And it's it's fine. It's not going to affect your credit score. It doesn't it doesn't affect your credit rating with the mortgage. What happens though if you try to extend for credit? and your mortgage is in deferral, they will not extend you credit. They won't give you a bigger mortgage. It won't give you another mortgage. But if you cancel your deferral, start paying your mortgage again, 90% of the time the bank will give you a new mortgage because you're back to work. Typically, you're back making your payments and everything is fine. And within two months, that drops off. Well, I can say 60 to 90 days. That deferral rating on your credit bureau does fall off your credit bureau and it's like it never happened. Now, you know, when I was talking to Money Mike the previous hour, he said that uh, if you have it in writing from your uh, lending institution that this was an agreement that you had with them, uh, that you can send this to the credit bureau and they may make an adjustment. Is that, um, is that something that you've, you've heard before? Well, typically speaking, I mean, you can send the credit bill, but they're not very, uh, how do you say, they're not very perceptive when you send them stuff. It doesn't really happen that well. But at the end of the day here, if you just ask your bank to end your deferral and you get a letter from your banks and your deferral is ended, yeah. like I said, it falls off your credit bureau relatively quickly. So it's not going to be there for seven years. It's more like it's going to be there for maybe 60 to 90 days. Yeah. And if you're already paying your mortgage back, uh, and even if those shows that have a deferral, they'll ask you, did you defer it? We say yes. Why did you defer it? And then, you know what? You're basically back on, on a normal path. So, so don't do have you to worry have, about that too do much. Do you have any evidence uh, to prove, like I'm, I'm talking empirical evidence that shows that after, you know, 60 to 90 days, this fall, falls off your credit bureau? I have, I have credit bureaus that people have deferred their mortgages, yeah. which couldn't buy a house at the time. And then they went back to work, you know, undeferred their mortgage. And when it showed back, it actually showed the fact that it's all, all good. You know, that's interesting. And, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to call, Roy. Now, how did you come across my account and, and the show? I'm just curious. <laughs> Craig, I've been following you for years. I, awesome. I always enjoy your Instagram account. And uh, <laughs> actually, we used to, back at uh, 640 Days, I did a show as well as you, and you were on before me. So I, I've known you for a long time. And plus, uh, 
I've, I've always thought I thought you were great at everything you do. I appreciate your honesty, and uh, I, I love to follow. I, I love I love the show. So I just want to know I'm a big fan. That's you know that's that's amazing and thank you so much for uh, for your loyalty, Roy. And uh, you know we should talk off air uh, if sure. you have a pen handy. Write my direct. This is my home phone number nine zero five four six seven zero seven two seven. That's my home phone number. Call me after the show. I would love to talk to you because uh, uh, mortgages is something that happens quite often. Uh, that conversation comes a lot to me, and sure. uh, you know there may be a possibility for you know for us to have a conversation. But thank you so much for taking the time uh, to call the show. Now I have another question for you. Sure. You know, what what are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to their mortgages? You know, two or three things that, that come to mind. Well, I think one, not being prepared to getting your mortgage. So like getting your documents correct, uh, you know, making big purchases. Like a lot of people want to go buy a house, they buy big cars first. I think that's a big mistake as well. Uh, not understanding their credit score and uh, always not knowing what their actual income is. Believe it or not, there's a lot of people, you ask them how much money they make, they tell you one thing, and then when you get the actual proof of it, it's another. So it's important to understand what, what your actual income is and what you can afford to buy. And we, we take care of all that when we usually when we talk to people. You know? Now, what and, do you uh, think that, um, you know, what percentage of you know, people's income should be dedicated to their mortgage payment? Uh, you know what? I think that no more than usually 40, 45% of your income should be towards your mortgage. And simply because... Nowadays, more than 50% of it is for savings. I mean, beforehand, when my dad had a mortgage, 90% of the payment was interest and yeah. 10% was principal. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like 50, just over 50% going towards uh, uh, the principal, principal. And, and less interest. So it, it creates savings and wealth. So if you can dedicate 45% of your income to just paying your mortgage off, you should be good. As long as your spending habits aren't crazy. That's amazing. Right. Roy, thank you so very much for calling the Carrasco Show. And, uh, you know, I look forward to speaking to you after the show. And this is this is amazing. Thank you for the phone call. I believe that we hey, have Kevin. Welcome. Thank you, Roy. We have Kevin from Uxbridge on the line. Hey, Greg. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, it's going well, man. What is happening? Well, I've got a 2018 Ford Focus. It's a lease. Um, just recently, it over the temperature gauge overheated. Uh, the coolant was almost gone okay um and during my research i found out there's a class action lawsuit regarding this in the states and there's been no service recalls in canada or anything mm -hmm. and so the dealership's not going to cover it i'm over 60k and what are my options now is your radio on because i'm getting a crazy echo so if your radio is on turn it down okay mm -hmm. do that for me um you know this is this is interesting you how many kilometers do you have in your car 76,000. Uh, at this point, you are fully exposed, Kevin. I know that you, you might not want to hear this answer from me because you don't have an extended warranty, do you? No. It's no. a lease. Yeah. Well, you know, most most warranties in Canada will last you up to 60,000 60, kilometers. But many of the components cease to be covered after those three years, 60. So just because you have a, you know, a lease or you know, it's because it's four years, it doesn't mean that you may not need some top up on your warranties. Um, many car manufacturers will offer you the additional 20, 40,000 kilometers just to carry you on until the end. And um, unfortunately, uh, Kevin, if, by you telling me that there is a class action lawsuit uh, against Ford in the United States has the same effect that if you told me that there was a class action lawsuit against Ford in, in Nepal. It's a different country. 
Right. And in, unfortunately, in the United States, it's such a litigious society that there is a lawsuit against everything. So in Canada, it's a little bit different. So there, there is a specific thing that happens uh, if, if, if the Ministry of Transportation gets, uh, gets a hold of uh, some potential issues and uh, the manufacturer corroborates this information, then you have, um, you know, th there are two ways. One is a campaign. Uh, the campaign is initiated by the manufacturer. Uh, the, we see a potential problem with this particular part, and uh, we're going to repair it without any other issues. The other one is a recall. A recall is something that is forced by the government. You must change this because X. Unfortunately, there are so many parts on a car, Kevin. I mean, the average car today will have over 25,000 different parts. So inevitably, you're going to have a specific vehicle that will have a, a, a part that will fail. Um, and it's impossible for each car manufacturer to have perfect parts for all the vehicles 100% of the time. Now, this is, uh, this is your, your heat gauge. Is that what it is? Yeah, the temperature gauge goes right up. Um, yeah. I turn the car off. I wait a minute and then I turn the car back on and the gauge is back to normal, but I get about half a kilometer down the road and it goes back up again. How much is the uh, the cost of the repair? Well, they want like $3,500. Yeah, you're on your own on this one. Uh, this is a pretty expensive repair and this is one of the reasons why I always recommend people to get extended warranties. Now, have you always serviced the vehicle at your local Ford dealership? No, not at the dealer. I have not. Okay, so that's, you know, look, I, I'm sorry, man. I, I know that this, this is not what you want to hear. Um, the uh, mistake number one, no warranty. Mistake number two is expecting something from the manufacturer when you haven't done the service with the dealer. You see, whenever you develop some sort of a relationship with your local dealership, especially the one that owns the, the brand that you're driving, we have some latitude. We call this the goodwill fund. And uh, what happens from time to time is that you have perfect customers that have less than perfect experience with their vehicle. And whether it's an engine for fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 or it's uh, a tire, we are in a position in which we can actually help out. And we have a little, you know, kitty fund for us to help out those customers that are just phenomenal. Now, what has, you know, I'm sure that you have a place that you go and service a vehicle all the time. Do you have a relationship with them? And uh, what what are they doing for you? He doesn't want to touch it. <laughs> well, now that is not convenient. He doesn't want to touch it. You see? I know. Yeah, you you are in a bit of a pickle right now. When is your lease up? Uh, I'm halfway through a four year lease. Damn. What are your payments? Three fifty a month. Now this is what I need you to do. I'm going to try to help you out, Kevin. Okay. Um, you, do you have a pen handy? Um, not exactly, no. Okay, so you know you, you can listen to the show on the podcast. My my phone number is nine zero five four six seven zero seven two seven. That's my direct line, nine zero five four six seven zero seven two seven. Call me after the show, and uh, I might be able to do an assessment of the vehicle and to see what the valuation is in relation to what your payout is, and maybe we can get you out of that lease early and just send the vehicle back, um, and put you into something new. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I found a pen. 905-467-0727. Okay. You know, it may cost you a little bit, but at least you're going to end up with a new car as opposed to just repairing something that is already out of warranty. You see what I'm saying? I so, 
you know, call me after the show and I might be able to help you out with something. Make sure that you have all the, your documents at hand, uh, your bill of sale, your lease agreement. I want to know what your buyback is, what your down payment is, what your payments are. I want to know everything about your car and I might be able to help you out and help you with this, uh, with this conundrum here. But folks, if you're listening to this problem, um, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for calling and call me after the show. Okay. Thanks, Greg. No problem. Folks, if you're listening to the show, this is how important uh, we, the advice that I give you is. When I tell you that you should have an extended warranty on every car that you get, I'm not saying it because it benefits me. I don't care. I mean, you know, look at Nissan has a what? A 6% market share right now, 7% best of times. So 93% of the population are not buying Nissans. So most of you are driving some other products. So I don't have any direct benefit from you getting yourself an extended warranty or a lease and protection. But it's absolutely irresponsible of you to have a loan or a lease without a protection, at least for the term in which you have that actual transaction. You know, Ken, I'm getting a little bit hot under the collar here because, you know, people just don't listen to me. And, you know, I, <laughs> well, I'm doing this. People just don't have the prerequisite knowledge and what can happen if you don't have those protections and you don't ensure that you're setting yourself up for success in the long term. And oftentimes the cheaper alternative is to do it the other way and go through a private seller, get it for a little bit cheaper or not buy the extended warranty and save yourself a couple bucks on the initial down payment and then maybe the monthly payments moving forward. And by servicing the car at the corner shop down the road, rather than doing it at the dealership, you save some money there. But in the long term, if something goes wrong with the vehicle, you're going to be much more protected if you have crossed your T's and dotted your I's. And a lot of the time, you would have ended up saving a lot of money rather than being on the hook for a major, major repair down the road of your and own this wallet. Is a, this is a major repair. Folks, let's take a small break. This is the Greg Carrasco Show here with Ken Staple on TSN 1050. And if you have a car question, if you have a car problem, suggestions, or anything that has to do with your vehicle, call us at 416-870-1050. We'll be right back. To the Greg Carrasco Show with the best tunes on Saturday morning here on TSN 1050. It seems like the warranty conversation has uh, struck a chord here. Um, and um, like I said before the break, it is it is unreal how many people still think that extended warranties and lease and protections are a waste of money. Um, folks, do what you want. It's, it's, it's not, you know, this is in my car. I work at a car dealership. I will never have an issue with my own cars. But let me give you an example. I, I bought my son an Elantra when, when I was working at Hyundai. And um, I put it in a finance because eventually he will take on the payments. And uh, even though I run car dealerships for a living, I bought an extended warranty on that car. And it's simply because I don't want the headaches. You see, it doesn't matter whether I work at a dealership or not. If If, if I have a problem with an engine... I still have to pay for it. You know, we don't get free service at a car dealership, unlike what people may think. And uh, for you to have a car right now without an extended warranty and you have payments for years and years and years, it's absolutely irresponsible. Like I said to you before, you know, the average vehicle in the marketplace right now has about 25,000 parts. What are the chances that one part is going to go wrong within the next five years? The chances are pretty high. And, you know, if you look at it, you know, conversely or inversely, if you will, even if the vehicle is 99.9%, 99.9% reliable, you still have 25 parts that will break down over the course of the next six years. So on that basis, you will never lose money if you have an extended warranty. 
if you have a lease and protection, you are going to be able to literally just drop the keys off at the end of the lease and walk away. But you are making a terrible mistake by not protecting yourself. You think you're being smart. You think the dealership is trying to sell you something that you don't need. That is not the case. Let's talk to Carl in Brampton. I think he has a question for me about warranties. Carl, good morning. Hi, how's it going? Good. Actually, it's good afternoon already. What's going on? Uh, not much. I was just driving around and listening to your program. I, uh, it uh, made me think of my own car. So um, I have a 2018 Santa Fe XL. Okay. And uh, I bought it brand new with 0% financing. Yep. And I chose not to get the extended warranty at the time. Uh-huh. Um, now, I'm just curious, is there still a possibility to get an extended warranty since I'm only two years in? Or um, what do you think of that? And also, okay. I'm sure you know the Hyundai uh, warranty is long, longer anyways. That's why I chose uh, not to get the extended. It is, but it isn't. You see, the on paper, they will give you a 100,000-kilometer, five-year comprehensive warranty, right? Wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I, oh. I set you up for that one. So, no, 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 even though even, even though it's a comprehensive warranty, uh, Carl, the what is not comprehensive is that at the end of the three years or sixty thousand kilometers, all your electronic components are out of warranty. And I can tell you this, having worked with Hyundai for you know five or so years, and I love the product. Don't get me wrong, I love the product. If something is going to go wrong with a Hyundai, it's not going to be the engine, the transmission, or the driving axle. It's going to be one of the telematics, because those are the things that we use the most. So your your keyless entry, alarm system, security system, your remote trunk release, uh, your actuators for your windows, your headlights, your telematics, your navigation system, your sound system, those are the things that are going to cost you all the money and. All of those things are not covered by your warranty. Mm-hmm. So what I can tell you is this, that you know, for anyone that has a vehicle right now that is still within the factory warranty, you can still come down to the dealer. So for example, if you were to come to see me, Carl, I can, I can take your vehicle, I can put it through my shop, we will do an inspection because it's like you know, you know, a warranty is like health insurance for your car. Uh, just like when you get in uh, health insurance as a, as a human, you need to go through a medical checkup. We put the vehicle through the shop. We make sure that everything is okay. And then we can sell you a warranty. And they will give you up to, I believe, you can get up to two years uh, payments with no interest for you to buy one of our warranties. Mm-hmm. So you can still buy it, especially if you're having uh, you know, the intention of keeping the vehicle for a long time. Now, it is always less expensive to buy the warranty at inception. Uh, number one, because you can finance it over four, five, six, seven years if you want to at zero percent. It would have cost you the least amount of money. And I think that the the, the FNI manager that you that you dealt with when you bought your Santa Fe did not do a good enough job uh, giving you compelling evidence that you needed that, uh, saying that you there is still hope because you're still within the warranty. How many kilometers do you have in your warranty? Um, yeah, so I did have the the five years and the 100,000. Yep. I'm just currently seeing what my kilometers are right now. So I'm at 56, Um, 545. Okay, so you still have, you know, kilometer-wise, you still have some comprehensive warranty left. Uh, In the uh, the major components, you have some time. You still can buy a warranty for your vehicle. Uh, So if you want to call me after the show, Carl, uh, the number is 905-467-0727. We can help you out with that. And if I cannot do it at, out of my store, I can send you to my local Hyundai store. Um, you know, because there, there is only a few Hyundai stores that I do business with that I send all my Hyundai customers to. And then I can sell you to speak to the right person, okay? Okay. 
Perfect. And the number one more time, sorry. 905-467-0727. Call me after one and I'll help you out. Thank you, Carl. And uh, let's talk. No problem. Let's talk to Cam in North York. He's also talking about the extended warranty. Cam, good uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Hey. Um, very quick, similar to Carl. Um, I have a 2017 Honda CRV. Um, I leased it. Um, it's, it's on a lease. It has 39,000 kilometers. At the time I purchased it, I didn't get extended warranty. Yeah. But I, I do like the vehicle, and I'm planning to keep it when my lease expires in September 2021. So okay. because I'm like... Um, almost at the end of my lease. I want to know if I should purchase it now or do I wait or am I even allowed I, to, to get lease like a warranty, extended warranty now? Okay, what I'm, what I'm going to tell you is something different than you're planning to do. I don't think that's a good idea, Cam. I tell you why it's not a good idea. Because when you buy that vehicle, you're going to have to buy it now at used car rates. So even though at a glance it appears that you're going to buy your own used car for a very low residual, you are actually going to pay the money right back to the manufacturer through the interest rate because now you're going to be paying uh, 5.9 or 6.9% interest rate on your used vehicle. So I think that you are far better off mm-hmm. giving that vehicle back at the end of the lease and just financing a new one right off the bat. It's going to cost you less money. Okay. So, like so financing in- it over like... No, no, don't, don't finance. You see, you know, in, in, in the Carrasco gospel, we always joke around about this stuff. There are three things that I always advise people not to do. Number one, never buy the vehicle at the end of the lease. Never do it. It's, with very few exceptions, man, it's not a good idea. Um, in that, uh, simply because you are setting yourself up to pay a higher interest rate at the end of the term. So that it's, it's not good. Now, you got to remember that you have the buyback. Then you have to do the safety and certification because you have to safety and certify that car. Then you have to transfer the plates to, to your vehicle because the vehicle doesn't belong to you. Then on top of that, you're going to have to pay the HST on the buyback that you never paid before. And you're going to have to pay the higher interest used car rates that your bank is going to charge you. So if you can finance a new one at you know 1.9 or 2.9, why would you be paying 6.9 or 5.9 on a used vehicle? So I think that you are better off reassessing your decision-making. And if you like the CRV, which you should, the CRV is a phenomenal car, I think that there is a better way for you to get the vehicle than the, 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 the decision that you've made. Now, if you want, you can come down and see me, and I can appraise your car, and I tell you, you know, this is what it's worth, this is what your buyback is, this is a good idea, this is a bad idea. And I think that from that perspective, you can have a more objective opinion on what decision to make in relation to the end of the lease. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yeah. I, that's, that's fair. So, you know, come and see me, uh, but you still have the possibility of getting yourself an extended warranty. I just don't think that you should buy the vehicle at the end of the lease. It's not the most financially sound decision it never okay. is okay so so maybe just like when at the end of my lease in september 2021 just buy another 2021 CRE yeah just give, like give that lease back and see you know get 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 that lease appraised because you have low enough kilometers so you may be in a possibility in which you are uh, you have some positive equity now how many kilometers do you have allowed on your lease uh eighty thousand, i think Okay, you see, here's where the problem lies. You have been paying for 80,000 kilometers and you have driven half. So that salesperson didn't do a good job because you've been paying more kilometers than you're actually using. So you're paying money for no reason. You see what I'm saying? My situation changed. So like I was intending to drive it to work, but then I live three kilometers away from work. So I've been using transit, which is why I haven't really driven it um, in the last couple of years. 
Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's, those are extenuating circumstances. So what I can do for you is that I can appraise the vehicle for you and I can tell you whether it makes sense for you to buy it at the end of the lease or not. Fair enough? Fair enough. Thank you. Okay. So reach out to me, Cam, and I'll try to help you out. Uh, we have um, Paul from Kennington looking for an SUV. Let's talk to Paul. Paul, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Greg. It's, uh, I love your show. I listen Thanks, every man. week. Um, Greg, I put 70,000 kilometers a year on a car, and we're looking for an SUV around the 2017 age. So we've been looking at a Rogue, um, a Hyundai Santa Fe, and a Kia Sorento. Which one of those cars around 2017 will survive 70,000 kilometers a year for the next seven years? What I want to tell you is going to blow your mind, but in order for you to hear the answer, you need to stay tuned. Ken and I are going to take a very, very small break, and I'm going to dedicate almost the entire last segment of the show to you and you alone, because that's an excellent, excellent question. Folks, if you're just tuning in, this is the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show here with Ken Staple on TSN 1050. We're going to go for a small break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to Canada's largest automotive radio show, the only non-sport property of TSN 1050. We have a big responsibility on our shoulders here, you know, to inject some car knowledge into your life and uh, hopefully some common sense and help you make better decisions when it comes to buying cars. Uh, Paul from Kennington. Uh, Paul, are you there? I'm still here. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for holding. And uh, sorry, you know, commercials are necessary. You know, bills need to be paid. Uh, ask the question again so I can help you with this. Um, I put on about 70,000 kilometers a year, and I'm looking for an SUV um, around the 2017. We're, we're, we have a limited budget, uh, two girls what is, in university. What is the budget? Uh, $20,000. So that's... Um, about the most we can spend because we already have a Mazda that's not hanging in too well as well. What I've been driving Mazda a Camry. Have? I have a Camry that's got 534,000 kilometers on it, and the Mazda has 318,000 kilometers what on it. What kind of Mazda do you have? Mazda 5. Okay. Um, so we're looking f we've are looking. we been looking at the Rogue, um, the Sorento, and the Santa Fe uh, to possibly replace the Camry because the Camry is starting to rust, and so we have to replace that before we replace the Mazda. Oh, half a, you know, you still can't kill it. Half a million kilometers is still going. So, you know, here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, you're looking in the right place. The Santa Fe, the Sorento, the Rogue, the CRV, and the RAV4 are the only vehicles that will get that job done. And I, I mean this from the most objective and practical side of my heart after 27 years in the car industry. The, um, you know, arguably, you would say that the, the CRV and the RAV4 are at the top there when it comes to reliability, and I don't disagree with that. Uh, however, there was a price that needs to be paid. So even though they, they may be a little bit better when it comes to the longevity of the product in relation to the other three, uh, I don't know if it's worth the premium because you're going to end up paying about 20 to 25% more money for those vehicles in the resale market, and you will not get 20 to 25% less life out of the other three vehicles. You know what I'm saying? So I think that, uh, you know, when you're talking about Santa Fe and uh, Rogues and Sorrento, you are you are talking about comparable vehicles that are reasonably priced and that if you do what you're supposed to be doing when it comes to your maintenance and service and upkeep, because maintaining is a lot less expensive than repairing, um, I think that you're going to be perfectly fine. Um, you know, do yourself a favor. 
try to get yourself as, as much of a warranty as you can possibly get because you're going to beat that car up aggressively. And if anything is going to go wrong with that vehicle, it's going to go wrong within the next two years. After that, they're just, it's a free selling. What do you think? Well, that, that's the issue. We've, we've like, with the Camry, like, it's always just been maintenance. That's yeah, all we've ever had to put into this car is just regular maintenance and new shocks at 500000 but for the most yeah. part. Um, that's why, but we, the RAV4 and the CRV are just outside our price range because yeah, we're going to have to expensive. replace the Mazda as well. So we don't want to have huge car payments on two cars. Yeah, no, I understand that now. Uh, are you going to finance the twenty thousand uh, dollars? Yes. Well, you know, you 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 may be better off, uh, Paul, if you finance a new one. You know, I'll tell you why. Because you're going to finance $20,000 plus taxes. You're looking at almost $23,000. And a new one is going to be about 24000 plus taxes. But you, you're going to be paying 0% financing. So you may be better off financing a new one. For example, if you finance a 2017 Rogue, um, it's, going to, it's going to cost you more money than if you finance a 2020 Rogue at 0%. Okay. So, you know, if you, um, you know, come down, we, we have about 120 used vehicles for you to choose from. And if we happen to have something that you like, I might be able to help you out personally. But, uh, you know, it's, it's very important that you do the actual cost and benefit analysis of, of the financial transaction. Because if you finance $23,000 at 6.9% interest rate and you finance $28,000 at 0% interest rate, guess what? The $28,000 is going to cost you less money overall and you're going to have a brand new car. Did you know that? Yeah, we, we've, we've sort of looked at that. So it, it might not be a bad idea, Paul, because you're putting way too many kilometers. And, you know, by having a vehicle that's two or three years old and you're going to beat it up, at, you know, with 70,000 kilometers a year, you want to buy as much reliability and, uh, as you can possibly afford. So that's that's my ultimate goal. But, you know, if you're looking at it from a holistic standpoint, from a general market standpoint, you will not have any issues with any one of the five cars that I told you. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you so much for the phone call, uh, Paul, and uh, you have my cell phone number, so call me after the show and I might be able to help you. Um, you know, we have about a minute or so to talk to uh, Lou from Oakville. Is, uh, is Lou there? Yeah, right here, Greg. <laughs> Thank you for calling, so Lou. This quickly, is uh, I know Lou's coming pieces. to the end. Yes. Um, to when you're talking about uh, extended warranties and, and Ken was saying, you know, people going for a, a lower cost, cheap is expensive. When you don't spend a little bit of money to protect the downside loss, you're really just uh, indulging in a false economy. Please think about that in every aspect of business, not just car purchases. Cheap you know, is expensive. That is wisdom talking, Lou. Thank you so much. You know, I missed you today, man, I, and I'm sorry that we don't have any more time. But no, what you said there, what you said there is, is a bit of wisdom that everybody needs to listen to. Cheap is very, very expensive in the long run. Thank you so much for the phone call, Lou. All That's right. Lou's Keezers. Happy capitalism. <laughs> happy, happy capitalism. Man, that show flew by, Ken. What do you Thank think? You, Lou. Third hour is always the fastest hour. The fastest hour on morning radio and the GTA, because once the callers start, start coming in, weighing in, you know, we get the conversation flowing. It just seems like it zips by in a second. 
And folks, uh, if you, you know, all this, all this knowledge that we have about the car industry and just objective advice, just because I run Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, doesn't blind me to the fact that other car manufacturers make a phenomenal product. In fact, I've been talking to the president and CEO of Kia Canada, Elias, and uh, he may be joining us within the next couple of weeks to talk about how Kia is storming the marketplace right now and, 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 and growing the market share aggressively. But, um, you know, if you, if you want to come down and see me, I live at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And for those of you that didn't hear the beginning of the show, we have until the end of the month, we have a special on oil changes. You can get an oil change with a free multi-point inspection, 21-point inspection at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity for $19. That is the least expensive oil change in the entire province of Ontario. Folks, you don't have to go to a service center when you can come to a brand dealership to look after your vehicle. So now, remember, when you come and see me, there is only one place that you need to go, and that is Oakville Nissan. There is something happening there at oakvillenissan.com. Oh,